From 2002 to 2008, World Wrestling Entertainment produced the Ruthless Aggression Era. Ruthless Aggression! As a power vacuum formed in the wake of wrestling's biggest boom period, WWE producers and superstars alike worked to reinvigorate their company and recapture success and acclaim. In the process, a string of future Hall of Fame level talent rose to the top and enjoyed crossover appeal in the public consciousness. We're going to take a trip back in time and travel through this amazing period in WWE history. The matches, the storylines, the home media and more. Every triumph and every heartbreak. Whether you were watching as it all unfolded, or you're here to learn about this era for the first time, this series will have something for you. This is Ruthless Aggression Relived. Ruthless Aggression! Hello and welcome back to another exciting installment of A Ruthless Aggression Relived. I am, of course, your host, LT Fletcher, your tour guide down wrestling memory lane, and I am joined today by one of my very good pals, uh, who is hopefully as fired up as I am for this one. Uh, it's Eddie O'Keefe. Eddie, how are you doing, buddy? Hello! I'm doing very well, LT. How are you? I'm absolutely flipping marvellous. We have an extremely special episode oh, so of Monday good. Night Raw to cover today. Um, this is uh, the start of... We're on the 1st of July 2002, which is the start of what is going to be our biggest of deep dive month of the 2002 calendar. We actually have eight things on the July schedule, Jesus. if you can believe it. We've got some debuts... We've got a very exciting main event at the pay-per-view that's coming up. We have championship implications. And we have legendary matches. Some good, some not. But tonight, fortunately, we have very, very good indeed. Uh, as, uh, as stated, we are on the July 1st, 2002 episode of Monday Night Raw, which, you'll remember from previous episodes, is going to have the main event of... The Undertaker defending the WWE Championship against Jeff Hardy in a ladder match. Ooh, exciting. It, I mean, we couldn't have asked for a better main event, could we? Let's be, that's like spoilers, but fucking hell, lads. <laughs> <laughs> I was... I, I, I knew, like, obviously this match has a reputation. I remember parts of it from my, my youth all those many days ago. Um... <laughs> But I wasn't, you know, I, I couldn't remember a thing that happened on the rest of the show. And honestly, this was a really good episode. I was very happy with this one. I'm very surprised. Usually we go back to a, a match or a show like this. One great match, like the Shawn Michaels and Cena one-hour match on Raw that I had like, not too far after, like maybe four or five years after this. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the show is just like, yeah, <laughs> this is a Raw. <laughs> We have we have two hours to fill and no idea how to do it. <laughs> but this is a great show. I loved it. Yeah, it, it feels like everyone has something to do on this show. All the storylines are very clearly defined. There's lots of new faces being built up, which is really exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think it's time to hop in the old time machine and head back in time. So the episode begins with a cold open video package, which is quite fun. More of this, please. 
Yeah, it's great. It sets the mood, it sets the tone, and it uh, hypes you up for the show. It caught me up to what's happening currently. I was like, great, now I know. Yeah. It's not difficult. There's sort of two major things in this video package. We have the recap of Vince coining the term ruthless aggression. Does he? Because he doesn't... (laughs) He says it once or twice. Or three, four, five, six, seven... (laughs) Eight thousand times. (laughs) Uh, And then we have an extended little sequence of the building feud between King of the Ring Brock Lesnar and Intercontinental Champion Rob Van Dam, which concludes with Brock absolutely mullering Rob and laying him out, which what is an exciting. Interesting little feud that I just wouldn't have thought would have mm. ever have happened. But it, like, I really like it. It's great. It's kind of strange in a way because it's like... The, the, the main event for SummerSlam is set. Brock's going to be number one contender in that match. But now they need to find something for him to do, hmm. and I kind of feel like obviously we, you know, we're still feeling the fallout of Stone Cold walking out. So I can't help but wonder if sort of the the mid card reshuffle from some pieces being moved around kind of left RVD out in the cold a little bit as well. So this kind of helps both of them for the next month or so. And also, this is just after Lesnar's won King of the Ring, which yes, Jr. mentions during the video package when Lesnar's celebrating his coronation and RVD attacks him. And JR shouts, RVD is urinating all over this coronation. It's like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's, just, he's just not. He did not take a piss on Lesnar. I just, it's not something that happened. He attacked what him. A, what a different show that would have been. I also noted that Vincent Mann looks like a demushed-ass J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, God. Every, every time he shouts, Rufus, aggression. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, where is Spider-Man? <laughs> God. Damn it, I want pictures of that Spider-Man. I want pictures of... <laughs> Undertaker. <laughs> I need... <laughs> Damn it, Parker, I want pictures of Rey Mysterio. <laughs> I need pictures of your wife, Undertaker. Oh, no. Yeah. So, uh, we get the intro package, which is, of course, still across the nation by Union Underground. Oh, the best which... theme. It's fucking amazing, isn't the it? The best Raw theme. I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. There are two or three SmackDown themes that I love very much. I could, you know, any given day of the week, I might tell you that any one of them is my favourite. Mm-hmm. For Raw, I think I would struggle to say anything is better than this. And I think it's probably... I mean, as we were saying for that, the video package, it's the best way to hype you up for the show. Lots of oh. quick, fast-paced cuts. Introduces all the important characters. Shows you a bunch of the cool... You know, flashy moves you might see. There's some fun little set pieces as well. It's I'm ready for some graps once I've watched this. You know. Yeah, and like the theme was by the Union Underground, and this is the closest best thing I'll ever get to a Union. So you know, <laughs> I'll take what I can get. But it is a it's a, it's a banging little song. It's um, so good, man. And like also, I was wondering because I was like, there's a siren to go past. It also maybe some fireworks. Scott Steiner, he's yeah. not here. He's <laughs> not here for another couple of months. Oh dear. <laughs> I I was thinking during the during the video package because Lesnar kills RVD and it looks great, mm. and he's already been being built as the next big thing, which is a wonderful little fucking moniker. Oh yeah. And I just thought, if Lesnar le- never left WWE, would he still be as big of a star now, or did he need to leave to get that killer mystique? It's weird, isn't it? I, like we'll never ever know, but I. I think if he'd have stayed, he would have probably unquestionably been the top guy. Mm. But whether he would have the crossover appeal that he does, that's a different matter. I think it's really good a good thing he did leave. 
and then mm. do something like UFC, which is just like wrestling adjacent almost, but like yes, quote unquote, it's it's real. Um, and then just to be so fucking good at that, and just be like, oh shit, he's a fucking actual killer. And then to, co- to come back, massive murder beast, yeah. Oh, to come back and then kill Cena and then lose, which is just like, wow, that's a that's a great way to build someone almost unintentionally. I think yeah. him him going away was like perfect for his current character, but I do wonder if he stayed, how long he would have stayed for. I think it would have probably changed the entire course of the industry's history. I, yeah. If Brock's on top, I don't think we get Cena on top. I don't <laughs> even know if we get like Orton on top, or, you know, on, on Raw. I think... That's my favourite Beyonce song, Brock on top. I <laughs> 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 <Everybody> it's you! <laughs> Timmy. So, JR and Jerry the King Lawler are ringside at the Verizon Wireless Arena in Manchester, New Hampshire. And the WWE Undisputed Championship is suspended above the ring ahead of tonight's main event. Exciting times. I think commentary in 2023 is finally good again. Yes, it is. But no one starts a show better off than Peak JR, who's just losing his nah. mind immediately, and it's so good. I And I, I like as well, you know, the, the oft-repeated JR phrase, you know, thank you for welcoming us into your home. It yeah. just makes you feel oh. like... It, it kind of makes you feel a little closer to it. He's so all. passionate as well. You can tell he's just like happy to do his job currently. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really nice. And like even King's on form tonight. And it's just lovely. King is very good tonight, yeah. It just made me feel like, oh, God, I'm really glad commentary is good now because it was so bad for so long. Um, mm. And it's just nice. It's just nice to go back to like, oh, JR's happy and passionate. And King's not phoning everything in. And it's just nice. <laughs> So the show begins proper then, as Brock Lesnar makes his way out to the ring, accompanied by his agent, Paul Heyman. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get a little shot at ringside of the commentators as the two make their way out, and Jerry Lawler is wearing a t-shirt that says, Diva Talent Scout. It's almost funny, and I kind of cracked a smile until I saw the caption underneath that says in tiny letters, show me your puppies, and that just made me I didn't see that bit. My note was just, why is King wearing a Diva Talent Scout t-shirt? Remove it and remove yourself, you awful, awful man. <laughs> I See, I've never seen this shirt before, so I don't know whether they sold it in the Euro shop. They might have sold it in, in the like shop zone for America. It feels I, don't, like it, I don't recall seeing this one. It feels like Diva Search era shirt, not Ruthless mm. Aggression early days, which is weird. Which, which is odd, yeah, because we, we got a couple of years before that. Oh, oh no, oh, I just had a war flashback. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh no. So Paul Heyman cuts a promo saying that Rob Van Dam doesn't have the ruthless aggression needed to make the summer of 2002 his, but Brock does, and vows that Brock will become WWE champion at SummerSlam. Spoilers. Uh, Heyman... <laughs> yeah, just give the end anyway, the Hulk is. Uh, Heyman says Brock is intelligent enough to be inspired by an athlete the likes of Kurt Angle, uh, and then Heyman casually just <laughs> notes that Brock can definitely beat him. Um, <laughs> seeing Kurt's challenge to any rookie newcomer on SmackDown the previous week, Heyman, on behalf of Brock, challenges any veteran wrestler to come out and face Brock. Which is an interesting little inversion. I quite like that. I love this because they're trying to do Raw vs. SmackDown, but this feels like mm. a natural way to do it. Not just like, it's Survivor Series, I guess. <laughs> Which Yeah, put put a blue shirt on and a red shirt on. Yeah, this is nice. They're like, oh, you, you did that. Let's do one better with the new wrestler we have, the new shiny yeah. beast man. Like, great. Good stuff. Absolutely. 
the challenge is answered by none other than the nature boy Ric Flair. Yeah. Uh, I I thought don't know what you reckon. I thought Flair's robe looked really good here. Um, I just I just wrote fucking Rick Cunting Flair. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. I you know I thought you know the red on the robe sort of pops quite nicely. The sequins are great, and you know the gold. It's a nice little contrast there. I, I think I'm... later on he's got a bunch of robes that look really fucking sad, like he's left them in the washing machine too long. Weirdly, I think I'm just used to Charlotte's robes, which is so extravagant and so like oh yeah extra. This is kind of just like oh there's Ric Flair in his little bathrobe having a nice time. <laughs> it I I'd think lo- I'd love a little bathrobe with Brock. It took a long time for him just to get comfortable standing there waiting for everyone else to talk because when Heyman's talking at first he's just like you can tell he's got no idea what to do um, yeah. but as soon as Brock starts talking about um, oh we're going to have a match right now Brock starts doing his little warm up dancey thing and he suddenly looks like a million times more confident and it's really interesting oh yeah uh, Flair gets on the mic and says he hasn't forgotten Brock costing him ownership of Raw Flair says not only is he a veteran he's a legend Brock responds by saying that Flair is in the wrong place, in the wrong year, with the wrong guy. Uh, the match begins. Ric Flair disrobes and reveals he is wearing his red gear. Ric Flair loses. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, I suppose you want a proper match report. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, on, on Brock's little speech to Ric Flair, did Tony Khan say the same thing? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <sighs> Poor Rick. I mean, he was obviously he was going to lose, but it was just like. Also, again, we had like, obviously RVD and Brock feuding. Rick Flair and Brock is an interesting match. You just like, wouldn't really expect it to see. Is this one went down well? I thought. Um, so obviously, in the early going, Brock is overpowering Flair, and he's you know he's kind of he's an insurmountable obstacle. He's a mountain of muscle. Mm. Flair is athletic, but he's not a big guy. He's also... So he's got to rely on his his veteran instincts, I suppose. We've not hit peak old man Flair, who's like a sad crying onion yet either, but he's like, he's getting there a little bit, which is interesting. Flair ages very quickly over the course of a year. It's astonishing. What's nice here is, usually when Heyman's managing someone, Mm. there's always like, I'm going to get you, and Heyman's a bit scared. We never see like confident Heyman, which is really nice to see in this match because it's like, oh, it's Ric Flair. This guy's fucking old as shit. I can, you can kill him, and Heyman's just like fucking laughing his ass off the entire time, and it's really interesting seeing like confident, cocky Heyman. There's um, a really good Heyman bit in this one. At one point, Flair uh, catches Brock with a rope guillotine, oh. and Brock Brock doesn't even flinch to it. He's like straight back up, and Heyman just top of his lungs. Like, oh, you screwed up! Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Um, and Flair's just selling his ass off, which Fairfax to him. He, absolutely brilliant. I mean, at one point, um, Flair pokes Brock in the eye and then gives a knee drop, makes the cover. Brock Ugh. not only powers out, he tosses Flair through the air over the top of the referee. It's, so it's good. incredible. And I mean, obviously, you know, Flair's got to sort of cooperate in that as well, yeah. otherwise it doesn't quite work. But like both of them coming together, it looks so fucking good. That spot can look so hokey as well, and I don't know mm. how they did it, so it looks like Brock actually did that. And you know what? Brock might have just fucking done it, because he's Brock. Yeah, to, to, to be fair, I might be selling Brock short here. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if it turned out, yeah. Uh, Brock then commences annihilating the fuck out of Rick. Oh. Gives him a double backbreaker. An uh, airplane spinebuster at one point as well, oh, which I Jesus, just fucking horrible. loved. Uh, Rick tries to sort of build a bit of offense up. It doesn't work. Uh, he's you know keeps charging Brock, trying to knock the big guy down, but Flair sort of bounces off him, which is really mm. cool. Makes Brock look like a fucking monster. 
Brock at one point, uh, Rick follows in. Uh, sorry, Rick charges in. Brock grabs him in a bear hug. Mm-hmm. Flair breaks free by clapping Brock's ears, follows up with more chops, and then Brock gives him a fucking gigantic spine buster, oh. which would make Batista blush. It was beautiful. I was it was like, incredible. You know I love a spine buster, and it just mm-hmm. made me so happy. Uh, and then, uh, predictably enough, we get a classic Flair spot. Flair starts begging off, <laughs> and Brock approaches... And the referee gets in exactly the right position so that as Brock comes right up to Flair, Flair uppercuts him in the bollocks. <laughs> Heyman gets on the rope and protests, distracting the ref, which lets Flair backheel Brock in the dick again. I love that for some reason, canonically, Lesnar's weakness has always been his testicles. Like, it's just every time it's been like, if Brock's dominating, how are we going to come back? Kick him in the dick, mate. <laughs> I, 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 it's uh, strangely enough, it actually works in Brock's favor in making him a badass because it's like you are so desperate against mm-hmm. this guy, you can't beat him, you have to you kick have him to in kick the dick. <laughs> There's no, nothing else you can do, and even that doesn't work. No. Um, Flair hits a chop block, applies the figure four, Lesnar gets to the ropes. Flair gets distracted by Heyman, then turns around into the F5. Brock picks up the win in seven minutes flat, which proves that two kicks in the balls were not enough. A young Seth Rollins takes note. What's also nice is was if Lesnar did the big launching Flair kick. He does it twice in this match. Yeah. Which is great. Just like, no, fuck you. I'm that strong. Like Even after you kick me in the dick, I'm going to fucking kick out again, like exactly as I did earlier. It's just a great little touch to be like, no, Brock is the guy. He's absolutely the guy. It feels like... It, I mean, we're only a couple of months away from him main-eventing SummerSlam, and honestly, he feels ready for yeah. it at this point. I I buy it. I mean, like, credit to Flair. I, I think this was a solid, a really good solid open to the show. On paper, this is a total, total mismatch. Both of these guys made this work. Brock yes. was doing all the power stuff. Flair was doing the crafty veteran... Um, I you know the the heel, but he but the fans like him doing it. Shtick. It's it's such a good match. It's very interesting to me that Brock is already so confident in the ring, mm. and if he just had Kurt Angle's confidence everywhere else, he could be like yeah. the next Kurt Angle. Um, I think. Yeah. But I really I really like the yeah, so it's good stuff all around. There's nothing to really complain about. Yeah. Um, the fans are happy because Ric Flair's involved, which is nice for them. Mm. And Brock Lesnar's Brock Lesnar. Great. Who is great, and we love him. Yeah. Well, I wrote here, the F5 is the perfect finishing move as well. It's amazing. It's just great. Makes sense. Fuck you. <laughs> it looks so good. <laughs> it, look, it looks so good. But yeah, fine. It's very weird it's seeing Brock wrestle a wrestling match. It it kind of is. Well, I mean, it, it is now that we're used to him doing a very limited in-ring style in Which I still fucking love. But it's just, mm, it's right. What he does is incredible, but he doesn't just do very so, much. It's so weird seeing like actual wrestling Brock. But oh wow, this could have been something very, very special. And now we have something very different, which is also very special. Yeah, it's just special it's, in a different way. Still good, but it's very, very strange seeing him do like other suplexes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not just forty-nine German suplexes yeah. in a row. It's very strange, but I, I like it a lot. Hmm. The WWE Rewind is Trish saying Molly's ass is fat. Fucking <sighs> shut up. It's just not, though, is it, lads? <laughs> it's just not. Can you imagine them? I know we've sort of alluded to this before, but can you fucking imagine them running this storyline in 2023? You'd fucking turn Molly face. Yeah. The closest I can think of is Piggy James. 
holy shit, don't get me started. That was infuriating. And I, and I love Lay Cool. Yeah. They, that's one of my favourite acts in, in wrestling, and particularly in that era. That was unpleasant. Although there was also Nia Jax turning face because Alexa was like, I'm a bully now. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I hate you both, but I hate Nia slightly more, so this will not work. Yeah. Uh, backstage then, Jackie Gator is getting her makeup done. Oh, my notes ja- here. <laughs> oh god, oh, no. oh god, it's Jackie Gator. Oh, even worse, <laughs> it's Coach. <laughs> yes, Jonathan Coachman is here. He's uh, He arrives to compliment her um, and her performance at the uh, Divas Undressed New York Thongathon. Check that out in the previous episode. <laughs> my god. Uh, he says that Jackie, uh, he thought Jackie had the competition in the bag. Jackie then declares that she didn't lose, she just didn't win. That's so an interesting lo- way of looking at it. However, you did lose. That yeah, is what not did. winning means, Jackie. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, she also says that she only lost last week because of her tag team partner, Molly Holly. And here's Molly now, as if she was just slightly out of shot of the camera. Molly looks like the waitress from Always Sunny. She does a little bit with this haircut, doesn't yeah. she? I noticed it and I was like, well, that's all I can see now. (laughs) Molly says that she is a role model and says Jackie shouldn't have put all her efforts into parading around in her undergarments. (laughs) She's so good. Uh, Jackie says at least she looks good in her underwear, which is a bit fucked. By the way, they they do a... They do a really shitty back and forth on this and it's it's not very well played. Like, they're trying to sort of, like do the um actually kind of thing but they're going well in reality at the start mm. of each sentence like where did this come from it's, it's really shit yes ending lads yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh in response to jackie saying that molly does not look good in her underwear molly smacks the absolute donkey fuck oh, out of her so good enormous fucking slap it's oh it cracks her uh, the two of them then fight out towards the entrance area, where Molly decides that she's going to rip off a metal pipe from the barricade in an attempt to murder the shit out of Jackie Gator. Nice. I love uh, Jackie. <laughs> it's fucking great. Let's go, Molly. Jackie evades, throws Molly hard into the side of the stage, mm. and Molly sold that like a champ. Yeah, they're really fucking brawling. It was like generally nice <clears throat> to see, but like, oh wow, we're not just doing like gravy or something stupid. Like yeah, not not just the shitty divas spots. No, they're doing a full on fight, and there's no title on the line. It's just nice to see women feuding because they're they hate each other. Great, fine, yeah. nice story. Let's go. Absolutely. Let's go. What can ruin this segment? I wonder. <laughs> well, you'll be surprised. Uh, Jackie uh, uh, swings the pipe and misses, leading to Molly choking Jackie with it, dragging her by the oh. neck to ringside, which. Fucking rules. So cool. Uh, Jackie eats eats a suplex and then gets thrown into the ring by Molly, who then gives her a backbreaker. She climbs up top and nails a dropkick before slapping the piss out of Jackie. Uh, No Molly go round. Jackie does not know how to take that move and she never will. Good. For the best. (laughs) Yeah, probably. But don't worry because here comes Trish to make the save. And she does so by pulling Molly's trousers down. Trish is like smiling as she's running to the ring, and it really was like you. I was like, "Oh, something, something's going to happen." Then I guess, and then I just wrote, oh. he can't wait to bully someone." And I just wrote, "Thanks, Trish, you ruined the segment." <laughs> now, apparently, according to the uh, commentary, Molly is wearing granny panties. She's not though, is she? <laughs> the, 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 to, to me, they just look like your common old garden Primark underwear. Sorry, lads. 
granny pants are such a specific pants. Yeah, these, they're, they're like, these are they just pants. a little bit further down the the thighs, right? Yeah, like they're like a big nappy almost, like baggy. <laughs> these are just pants, lads. Yeah, because they're not a thong. It's like oh, granny pants. No, it's not how it works. <laughs> uh, Trish then says that Molly has a big ass. Great, thanks for that. Billion dollar company, audience of one. We've like this is the most we've seen of her ass probably ever. She doesn't have a big ass. No, like I, I was like, that's it. That's what you're you're saying that Molly has a fat backside. Like that's a that's just a that's just a bum. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you imagine like having you know proper like boys with the time machine moment? Like turn up at two thousand two Raw with a tape of Naomi and be like, listen, she has ass based offense. You are not going <laughs> to yeah. believe this shit. Fucking some mix lot will be like, what's that? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking so weird, man. It's shit. Yeah, like, like you say, that I, that was a really cool segment, and the fight was great. And then Trish ruined and it. And she kind of did a little bit. And I feel like this doesn't help solidify Trish as a wrestler rather than a diva, unfortunately. This is no. going back to uh, bitchy women, isn't it? And we don't yeah. like bitchy women. We like the women to be written... Properly, like, like human beings. Alright, we know Jackie's not the best spoilers for next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like. But, like, Molly and Jackie had a great little fight. Hmm. I was like, what, what was wrong with just giving Molly some good heat by killing Jackie? You didn't need Trish pulling down her pants. No, it's... So Trish, Trish could have just come out and made the save, and it's like, great, everything's fine then. We didn't need pantsing Molly for no reason. Well, don't you worry. Trish is going to get hers very, very soon. <laughs> Based on who debuts this week, Trish is going to get a pasting very soon. Dear. Backstage, Terry Runnels is with Christopher Nowinski, who is challenging Bradshaw to a match, but not for the Hardcore Championship. Nowinski says he's not interested in the Hardcore title. He's uh, more civilised and gentlemanly, and he notes his intelligence before sodding off. I love this gimmick. It's fucking great. Terry stands there and does a smile. End of segment. Christopher Nowinski, who spilt ketchup on your chest? I wonder if that's a big welt. I noticed that. Who? He's also got a swollen eye. Who hmm. beat him up? What happened? Now, I'm going to be honest here. My theory is Bradshaw probably did that over the house show yeah. loop. <laughs> he was like, oh, a rookie, you say, and I get to work exclusively with him. Brilliant. He looks like... He's been fucking properly beaten up. I was like, what has mm. happened to him? I was wondering if it was a birthmark at first. I googled him and I was like, Me too. Nope. Yeah. I, was like, I don't remember having that mark on his chest. Oh, it's, wait. No, I guess he's just had the shit knocked out. Of it's, it's someone, just, someone has just beaten him up and it's, just, it's a bit worrying. Poor <laughs> Christopher. Mm. Considering what happened to Christopher Nowinski in the future. like Yes. Nowinski's great, though. Like, I mean, this is, this is his first proper. Uh, interview promo segment and it's, great. it's short but he nails it he's fantastic he's very charismatic I've never really seen him before I've heard his name a lot mm. um, but I've never really seen him and I'm just like I was quite excited to see him well we see a little bit more of him not very much but a little bit more because we have a match now with him taking on Bradshaw as advertised um, I, I have to say Nowinski having the, the Harvard like Ring. marching music mm-hmm. as his entrance thing it's so cunty and I love it it's Brilliant heel shit. I also love that King has the Harvard ring just yes, to, to show Nowinski's off. actual class ring. Which is like is a really nice touch, but like, yeah, he, this is legit by the way. 
Yeah, I think it's, it's, a nice it's neat that yeah, it's neat that they could do that. So like obviously because you know it's wrestling, there were bound to be people like, well, it's just a character. He's not really from Harvard. No, no, he absolutely is. Yeah, uh, and apparently he was captain of the football team, and surely that won't lead to lead to a future career in which he saves countless sporting lives. No. I'm sure. Uh, my first note here is this match hasn't started yet, and I'm very nervous for Christopher Nowitzki. <laughs> <laughs> right, and the nerves only increase when the hardest fucking theme tune ever hits. How the um, fuck did? This man, Bradshaw, coming out in his cowboy hat, swinging a cowbell around. How the fuck did this man become JBL? And how the it's fuck did astonishing. it work? The funny thing is, um, and I, this isn't a spoiler, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bullshit you here, guys. I don't think we're gonna be covering this one in the bonus uh, book episode. Bradshaw did write a book on, you know, sort of like financial, you know, oh, we did wisdom and stuff. And there's actually two covers to it. If you get a hold of it now, you'll get the cover with JBL. But originally, it had old school Texan Bradshaw on the cover. That's very strange. So I think it it was that where they were kind of like, well, hang on a second. If we want to push Bradshaw, this isn't necessarily a character we can get him over with, but JBL, maybe, maybe. It's a great change and a de- you know clearly worked for him. And honestly, he Absolutely. Pro- probably needed it to survive as long as he did. But oh, like, gotcha. this is just so far from JBL. It's insane. It, it's a world apart. And at the same time, I, I love badass cowboy Texan Bradshaw. (laughs) This is a man who is going to kill you and smile doing it. (laughs) And to prove that, he hits the ring and immediately cunts Nowinski in the face with a big boot. And it was almost test-like in its quality, and I approve. (laughs) Bradshaw then tosses a bunch of weapons into the ring and Charles Robinson, the referee, is going nuts. He's like, no, Bradshaw, it's not a hardcore match. You're not allowed to do that. Is he a fucking idiot? (laughs) Uh, Bradshaw brings a cowbell into the ring uh-huh. and then hits Nowinski with another big boot. Oof. Bradshaw gets a chair. Uh, Robinson wrestles the chair away from Bradshaw and as Charles skids into the corner, behind his back, Nowinski blasts Bradshaw with the cowbell and as Charles Robinson turns around, he sees Nowinski making the cover, counts the three and Nowinski wins in 57 seconds LMAO. Bradshaw, the little fucker, started to kick out and I was like don't you dare you <laughs> no, petty how dare you, you petty motherfucker he like got his leg up to kick out and I was like nah I was like you absolute cunt just let him have the fucking win by cheating you yeah. little prick it made me really cross <laughs> like, how fucking petty is Bradshaw this was fine it was it, you know it was a good little bit of fun it was barely a match I mean less than one minute yeah. it, it did it his was, job it, it did its job. It was just a fun little bit. Nowinski sort of celebrates up the ramp like he's just won the Super Bowl or whatever. He's having the best <laughs> time of his life. He's so good. And what's nice is this is a very obvious, like, well, eventually they're going to have a hardcore match, aren't they? So of like, course, so like, yeah. so, like, we know he's going to get his comeuppance, and it's just nice to see. Yeah. Meanwhile, backstage, William Regal is watching his young charge, Nowinski, on TV. Uh, Rob Van Dam barges in, looking for a fight with Brock Lesnar. Uh, the writers obviously realised this didn't make any sense and explained that Regal is in Lesnar's locker room for some reason. <laughs> uh, Regal then scolds Rob for being rude. And Rob decides since he can't find Brock, he'll challenge Regal, and Regal accepts. Brilliant. Short little segment, does its job. I love so much about the segment is when Regal was looking at the window, he went, bloody marvellous. It's like, he <laughs> didn't have to say that, great. And then when Rob was having a go, he was like, listen here, sunshine! And got proper angry teacher with him. And I was just like, this is great. I love 
love angry teacher Regal. Regal is so good, man. He is unreal. I they they did um, on on the the episode of WWE Confidential the week before this. They did a little segment about uh, Regal going back to Blackpool, um, and he's sort of like telling the viewers the history of Blackpool as a wrestling town and talking about you know what it's like as a as a a locale and a mm-hmm. venue. And honestly, all I find myself thinking was, I could listen to Regal talk all the fucking day. He must have so many stories, and I bet a lot of them are terrifying. <laughs> well, my dad was bought was uh, used to live in Blackpool when he was younger, hmm. and he used to watch the wrestling in Blackpool. And there is a very, very not even very, but there is a slim chance that my dad would have seen a very young William Regal wrestle, which is very cool. Yeah, it's cool. I, I do you know what as well like. One of the things that I think people don't realise with Regal is he is a genuinely hard bastard. Oh my god, he's insane. He should I be dead. I would never, <laughs> ever, 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 ever fuck with William Regal. Like, he could kick the shit out of you, and also he can tolerate an ungodly amount of pain. What's great is, he's like that in character too. Like, he's a big, silly, mm. silly English man, haha, whatever. Yeah. But as, as soon as he's mad at Rob, he's like, oh, he's scary, fuck. Oh, yeah. And it's it's great how he can just switch between bloody marvelous to like hey sunshine, but like <laughs> he's saying funny things, but it's like oh shit, he's mad and he's very serious and he's like nose to nose of Rob over one little comment, like he's fucking he's a scary man. Um, and I'm so it's, excited for this match. <laughs> it's very similar to Kurt Angle in that regard. The yes. fans, the fans think Kurt's goofy. They like to boo him, but they know when the bell rings, they're gonna get a very serious, oh, tough competitor. So It's so rare to get that, and we have like two in the mm. same roster, and it's beautiful. It's amazing. Elsewhere, oh! Terry... <laughs> <laughs> Terry Runnels asks Terry, Jeff no. Hardy... <laughs> she asks Jeff Hardy for his thoughts ahead of the main event. Jeff. And Jeff... What is that shit on your arm, mate? It's it's so bad. I I was looking at it thinking Jeff didn't have his tattoo sleeve yet. What the no. F- oh no, it's just really badly no, drawn. He's clearly drawn it on his wrong on the wrong hand. <laughs> oh, it's just fucking awful, mate. Like a shit fucking Chinese dragon. He's done with his left hand and his right handed. I'll I'll I'll, I'll be and honest. It's... It looks like he's drawn on the same arm with the same hand. <laughs> yeah, that bad. It's so shit. It's all this fucking grown man. Like what are you doing, mate? <laughs> and it gets worse. Oh, it really does. Jeff. Jeff Jeff says that in a ladder match, he doesn't have to pin The Undertaker. Thanks. He doesn't have to make him submit. He just has to climb a ladder. And he has an obvious advantage because he's been in loads of ladder matches and Undertaker's not been in any. And in order to show that he can climb things, Jeff <laughs> runs around like he's on a sugar high and climbs part of the interview set. And as he swings from it and gets back down, he almost knocks the big expensive flat screen onto the floor, the silly twat. He also almost falls, falls over climbing up it. And he, goes, <laughs> yeah, he, he basically goes, yeah, watch this. And like runs. Like, he's just got this. Jeff has the zoomies. And it's really... He really <laughs> does. <laughs> now that you put it like that, yeah. It was so cringy. Like, oh, I remember next year just, oh, Jeff, this is cringe, mate. <laughs> I thought, you know, I, I feel like they were going for, oh, you know, he's he's full of full of excitement. He's, you know, he's on top of the world. He's got so much energy. He doesn't know what to do with it. But it just ended up being hyperactive <laughs> child that has had fourteen bags of sugar. It feels like Michael Scott. Um, <laughs> yes. Dwight, Dwight Schrute, parkour. That's all it feels like. <laughs> yes. It's like Michael Scott if he just like ate a bag of jelly. <laughs> It's Michael Scott after his pretzel full of sugar. 
He's got to have a crash in the afternoon. This is Jeff Hardy backstage. I love Pretzel Day. <laughs> just you know, it's really cringy. Like, mm. like, because he's not he's not confident. Bless him. No. So he's like, and Jeff has never been a promo guy. No. Never. And he's like, a ladder match. I love ladder matches. I've been in so many ladder matches. Like, ah! And then he just runs, and it's like, what? You, what? No, Jeff. <laughs> and then he runs back, and he goes, like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> You've climbed a bit of a set. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> it's not even shaped like a ladder. No, it's not. It's curved. And he almost fell off it. <laughs> Shit, man. You're an adult man. <laughs> what are you doing? He's the world's oldest teenager. <laughs> God, it really, really upset me. <laughs> elsewhere, oh. elsewhere... In their locker room, Booker T walks in on Goldust dressed as Darth Vader? Booker T with the stupidest line of a night. Who are you supposed to be? Who do you think? <laughs> Indiana Jones, mate. Yeah, it's just like me. Booker T. Booker says he's never watched Star Wars and never will. Yo, rise up, buddy. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's okay. I, you know, it's, it's all right. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm probably going to get a lot of angry tweets over this. I'm <laughs> sorry. Um, Goldust then removes his helmet and I, like genuinely got a laugh from he's actually wearing Anakin Skywalker's breathing device. That's under so the mask. funny. Goldust is so good. He's fucking great, man. Uh, Booker snatches Goldust's lightsaber and swings it around a bit, calling himself Obi Book Kenobi. So he has, he has, now, watched, it. He has watched it then. <laughs> he has watched it because yeah. he recognizes the characters and he made the he made the lightsaber noise. Yeah, Booker, you liar, you lying man. He just didn't want anyone to think that he was a nerd, even though Star Wars at this point was cool. Mm-hmm. Even though, considering the films that were coming out at this time, <laughs> it should not have been cool. I love so much that Booker T couldn't close the lightsaber toy properly. No. <laughs> like a bit of it was sticking up. It's very funny. Just slapped it on the... I, I like how Goldust reacted to it as if Booker had just smacked him on the top of his erection. <laughs> yeah. Like, sort of winced a little bit. Oh. Elsewhere, elsewhere, elsewhere... This confused in... me. <laughs> In Vince McMahon's office, Eddie Guerrero is doing a little dance. Vince McMahon and Eddie Guerrero? What? Right? What a weird pairing. I know. Uh, Vince asks what ruthless aggression is in Spanish. And Eddie says, it's Eddie Guerrero. A great fucking line. And Vince goes, aha, of course it is. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be fired soon. (laughs) (laughs) But then, Benoit is back. And officially this time, as he enters, wearing his gear, ready for his first match in a year. This is... He slaps Eddie hard as fuck in the tit to try and fire him up. Yeah, this was this a bit uncomfortable. Just being like, oh, there's Eddie. Oh, and there's Benoit. Oh, oh. Mm. And there's mm. Vince. Oh, no. Mm. Well, why not three ain't bad? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. It was a bit uncomfortable, considering. Um... Now, I feel as though they played this in the wrong order. Because the two of them head off as if they're heading to the ring to go to the match. This is obviously oh, a yes. pre-tape, and we don't get their match next. We get uh, Regal versus RVD. Yeah, was it just do a little lap with Jeff Hardy too busy climbing things to wait for a bit? <laughs> the, it's interesting because like the implication is that Vince has done them a favor. Yeah, uh, and it's sort of revealed what that favor is as we get to the match. So uh, for now, you'll just ha- you'll just have to. You'll just have to enjoy this RVD and William Regal match, won't you? What a shame. <laughs> Terrible. Um, first note I have as uh, 
Rob makes his way up to the ring, mm-hmm. Lillian is having a fucking great time. Oh, I love Lillian. She is smiling her little head off, bless her. She's like, oh, Rob, you're my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the best RVD and the best Regal theme. Oh my god, I love this Regal theme. Oh, so good. I, I re- this is this is the do not fuck with this man theme. I really love his like shitty little posh English theme as well. He gets really like in two thousand. Um, yeah, but this is like this is just so fucking good. It also, this is kind of what you were saying earlier. Like he once once you get him in the ring, he is a man who is gonna hurt you. What's weird is this almost doesn't suit Regal because it's too evil. But then you see mm. him and you're like, oh no, this man just looks like a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like this could suit like a monster as well. I think like um, oh easily like a, if it was Gene Snitsky's theme before he kicked a baby, this would be like oh <laughs> this feels very Gene Snitsky, quite an ugly big monster man. But it's, it's not a million miles away from uh, the former, uh, sorry the the now Gunter's theme when he was Walter. Oh, I mean I know this is yes. classical music, but it's quite similar. Yes, but like Regal's is not Regal's not a big guy, and he 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 no. pur- purposely hunches over to make himself look more like goblin like mm. and it just <laughs> weirdly works for him but like really mm. when you hear the theme you wouldn't think oh yeah some english bloke <laughs> like it's some lad from blackpool yeah <laughs> putting on a voice oh, but yeah it, it really suits him in a strange way and then rvd's it's theme so is energetic and fast and exciting and loud and it's great for rob and and he is quite literally one of a kind yeah better than no, the- beauty, beauty, beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Rob no, Van Dam. <laughs> no, I, I ironically love that thing. Oh god, it's so shite. <laughs> it's awful. It's shit, but it's... you know what? It was fun to stick along to it at TNA when I was there. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, so, champion versus champion. Regal is the European champion. RVD is the Intercontinental champion. We get a little bit of basic chain wrestling start up, but only for a very short time. Things kick into uh, relatively high gear fairly quick here. Mm-hmm. Uh, RVD slingshots over Regal in the corner, then backflips. Regal throws a kick at him. RVD catches it, goes for the old dragon whip kick. Regal says, fuck you, grabs him from behind, throws him overhead in a full Nelson suplex, which looked fucking gross as Rob landed on his head. Like, RVD's so good at looking like he's just been murdered. Yes. And he's absolutely fine. He can can fold his body in such wonderful Mm. ways. And what's nice is sometimes moves like that, particularly in this era, don't get a reaction. But everyone went, oh, fuck, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> it genuinely looked like Regal had dropped him on his fucking head and neck. Yeah, I think Arvidi's so good at selling that everyone was like, oh, that's a big move, we can react to this. Mm. And it was just it was just nice to have that, uh, for Regal especially, because he never never Absolutely. got the rep- uh, recognition at this time, I don't think. No, I think, I think not. Lots of sort of nasty, villainous fighting stuff from Regal here. Loads of really great forearms and kicks. Uh, which again, just to me, just highlights Regal could probably kick the shit out of anyone, honestly, because they all look convincing. They all look like they hurt. They probably like probably light as a feather, honestly. Mm-hmm. Unlike half these kicks, they all look like they hurt. Like fuck, yeah. Uh, Monkey flip from RVD reverses the momentum. Nice little springboard crossbody gets him a two count. Uh, spin kick sets Regal up for the rolling thunder and gets another two. And my note for that is: Has RVD ever won with rolling thunder? Because I don't think he ever has. It's a weird move because it really d- doesn't work. But like, I still really like it. it just... I I love it, but I don't like it. It always seems to surprise him when he doesn't win with it. And yet, <laughs> like, mate, I've never seen you win with that shit. No. What are you talking about? I love occasionally RVD does like a back handspring. Yes. And... That's just incredible. Oh, yeah. 
Like I don't to think of like the strength needed in your arms to catch yourself backflipping and then to flip yourself back even further. I just think it's like what <laughs> he's amazingly flexible and he's unreal. Honestly, unreal. It's insane. Uh, finish of the match comes then where Regal goes for a double underhook driver, but RVD turns, uh, turns into a cool-looking bike drop, which sets things up for a five-star frog splash and gives Rob the win at 349. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this was a hell of a match in a tiny little time frame, but I just wish we had more of it. Yeah, I agree. I might, I said it was nothing like mind-blowing. It was exactly what I expect from these two, which is not a bad thing. Mm. It was a really nice way to break up the like four backstage segments we had. Um, oh, gotcha. And it was just nice to give Regal something to do, and Rob gets to continue his Brock feud and also still look strong. It's just good. Yeah. Great, great little match. Speaking of which, after the match, RVD gets on the mic and calls Brock out for a fight. Now, Brock, of course, completely unafraid, answers the call, but Heyman stops him from hitting the ring. Mm. Heyman compliments RVD's guts and says that's the only reason he's done Rob one favour in stopping Brock from hitting the ring to beat him up. Heyman instead proposes the two have a match at Vengeance, and the fans in attendance do not buy that one fucking bit. They wanted the fight. (laughs) Uh, Rob, who is confident he wins, accepts the challenge, and the match is set. We have our first dif- uh, definite match signed for Vengeance. Excellent. What I love is the whole time Brock's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna pop your head like, off." Just <laughs> nicely stone-faced, angry Brock, and then then Rob goes, "I'm gonna beat you because I'm Rob Van Dam," and that makes Leslie go like, "Fucking what?" It was like, you know, his, you know his name. <laughs> <laughs> this changes everything. For some reason, that made him furious. Like, no, mate, you know who you're fighting. Like, That's my Van Damme. <laughs> what? Oh, uh, so silly. Then we get, then we get a very infamous match graphic in which it is revealed Benoit is quite literally back. It's actually the one that I've been making the jokes about for the last two months <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, so up next, then after the ad break, we have a little bit of tag team action. We have Bubba Ray Dudley and Spike Dudley teaming up against the team of Eddie Guerrero and Oof. Chris Benoit. I never liked Bubba and Spike teaming as a duo. Mm. It just didn't feel right for me. It just looks wrong. It's very strange to me that they split the Dudleys up and they were like, right, okay, we'll give Devon a, a gimmick that is a million miles from the Dudley boys, mm-hmm. but Bubba and Spike are going to remain the same. Yeah. Very odd. Uh, Bubba and Spike are announced as a combined weight of 475 pounds, mm-hmm. which reminds me of the bit from Homestar Runner, where Strong Bad and Strong Mad are announced at a combined weight of 1 million pounds, and most <laughs> of that is in Strong Mad. What, what is this Dudley Boys theme? It's like a remix of their newer theme, but it's not as good. Mm, it's very odd, isn't it? I didn't like I it. Wonder, I, I wonder if it's not a... Um, an edit for the network, maybe, because they had the. Did they? Did they still have the Cypress Hill one? Was it? Was it Cypress Hill they had? I can't remember. No, Taz had Cypress Hill, didn't they? I, yes. I don't remember who the Dudley said. But yeah, but. It, it's not there. It's it starts off with a yeah, we're coming now, but then it's a different mm. theme, and I just like it really. Fuck you, Spike! You've ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> At least they didn't come out to the boing boing tweety tweety music with Spike. <laughs> That's very strange. Yeah. Uh, Eddie and Spike start things off 
Uh, Eddie outpaces Spike pretty quickly, stomps on his face, Spike is... holds him up with a side suplex. Oh, uh, Spike is hilarious. He's just so Spike's small. <laughs> I, I love it. It's just... Eddie throws him the fuck around for ages. Uh, Spike then tags in Bubba, who pummels Eddie, to be honest. Yeah. Eddie fires back and he throws off a fucking gorgeous dropkick. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, Bubba does not appreciate the beauty of it and almost takes Eddie's head off with a clothesline. Then, for some reason, Bubba delivers the shittest monkey flip I've ever seen. It's really weird. I, I was going to say, I forgot that Bubba is such a good seller. I think he's very underrated mm. as a seller. But I also oh, for- yeah. I forgot he's really stiff. <laughs> and he just fucking destroyed Eddie by that clothesline. It's just like, oh my god, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Did he hurt you? Like, What happened? Um, also, of course, say this is also the best Benoit theme. This is a great time for wrestling themes, apart from the Dungeon oh, Boys one. It's so good. This is, this is the best Benoit theme. Eddie, for some strange reason, it, he doesn't like quite seem to click with Bubba here. Like he's doing this sort of like you know rolling down his back and flying over mm-hmm. kind of thing. But it's it's a little bit awkward, maybe because Bubba's a little on the bigger side. I don't know. This is, I think, Bubba in his worst shape. I think. Oh yeah, but Bubba is massive here, and uh, yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm not one of these people. Like, oh, fat guys in wrestling. That, hey, listen, I love a fat guy in wrestling. Yes. but Bubba is very much out of shape at this point. Particularly considering how how in shape Bully Ray gets, and that's a fucking <clears throat> great time for him. Uh, and oh, gotcha. and Devon gets in great shape as Reverend yeah. Devon, um, and Spike is a stick. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I I don't want Spike to buff up. No, to be I want him to be little and tiny and it's, scrawny. It's um, it's. It's strange seeing Bubba. Maybe he's just really unhappy because he's just like you know he's a Spike, not Devon. He um he he, <laughs> he just he he just seems a bit slower, uh on all on all well, forms. That is a shame. Unfortunately, that will come back to haunt him in the coming months, and I'm sure we will get there. Bubba. Um, but yes, Bubba's conditioning is what eventually undoes this little uh, streak that he goes on. It's a shame. Yes. Uh, at any rate, Bubba gets Benoit in the corner. Uh, Benoit sort of trades positions and beats the fuck out of him. Uh, and I, I, this is the point at which I noticed like, just how good Bubba was making both of these yes. guys look, but particularly Benoit. Benoit doesn't need the help to look good in the ring. He no, is... but again, it's first match back. We want me to be yes. reminded of why Benoit is so great. But yeah, absolutely. people weren't very excited to see him. There wasn't much noise for Benoit. I was very surprised. No. He, I tell you what, though, at one point he almost snaps Bubba in two with a German suplex. Oh, Jesus Christ, that was which, scary. Which, again, to go back to Bubba's size and build, yeah. very impressive Benoit was able to get him up so quickly. Yes. Like, tosses him over the ring, like proper Brock Lesnar suplex city style. It was, yeah, it was a bit scary. But, like, again, Bubba's great at selling, so maybe he's... Maybe it's an ECW thing, because him and RVD obviously all in ECW. Maybe, maybe they just learnt... How to fall on concrete, and this is much nicer. So just like, <laughs> I guess that's true. So maybe, maybe it's an ECW thing. Spike gets tagged in, and actually <laughs> why would you ever? Like, you can't. <laughs> you, you, ever? you can't do a hot tag to Spike. He's too little. Like it doesn't. He's <laughs> tiny. He actually catches Benoit off guard with a couple of uh, two counts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benoit then decides that actually he'd quite like it if there was a big hole in Spike's chest and chops <laughs> Jesus the fuck out Christ! Of it. Poor Spike. 
Uh, Spike rolls Benoit up for a two. Benoit launches him off, which leads to Spike sort of being thrown towards the heel corner mm-hmm. uh, and punching Eddie. Yeah. He then turns around to throw a punch at Benoit. Oh. Benoit catches his arm and applies the crippler crossface, which, in my opinion, is the coolest fucking way to apply that move. It's I, so good. I have the same note here. I always love when he does that crossface counter. Um, it's just beautiful. Like when someone's running at him, just like, no, fuck you, club back yeah. in the head. Crossface, beautiful move. It's awesome. Uh, Bubba does break up the crossface, but uh, while he's arguing with the referee, Eddie and Benoit stomp the fuck out of the little spike. Well, I didn't realize they were the heels at first. But Eddie yeah. and Benoit, it was a bit confusing because again, it's a, it's a big return. So I always kind of expect the return to be the face, but like, mm. no. It was interesting. Well, this is, uh, it's around sort of here, I think, when uh, they mention the favour that Vince has done for uh, Eddie and Benoit, because, of course, on the draft episode, you may recall, Benoit was the number two pick, I believe, for SmackDown. He was very high up the list, two or three, Um, and he never actually made it to SmackDown. He's been on Raw in the background a few times, Mm -hmm. and he's never been on SmackDown a single damn time, so... It is implied that SmackDown will get something in the way of a trade. Yes. Um, but but don't worry, we've got time for Benoit to show up on SmackDown. Don't you worry about mm-hmm. that. Uh, Eddie tags in, has a little bit of fun with Spike, then tags in Benoit again, and like they're just uh, doing the classic cutting the ring off thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mullering Spike here. Uh, Eddie goes to charge Spike with a dropkick. Spike dodges... And Eddie accidentally kicks Benoit off the apron in the process, uh, sending him into the barricade in a lovely little crash. Spike then nails the Dudley dog on Eddie, uh, but he's too worn out to make the cover, which is great. I love that because you know, he's just had the fuck knocked out of yeah. him for the last eight minutes. So. Make, makes sense for a Spike as well because he's little and shit. <laughs> like, yeah. What, in, in the nicest way, why is Spike a wrestler? He's a good wrestler, <laughs> but like, but like, really, Spike? Of all people, it, it's like it, I, 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 in a real world perspective, I love Spike. But if, in a sort of like in kayfabe perspective, it's yeah. like, why would you do this to yourself? You are tiny. Yeah, and as like, you know, you look at WWF on WWE at the time. They've got big fucking guys, muscly guys. People are trying to get bigger in good and bad ways. Let's hire Spike, the most this guy exists looking guy in the world. <laughs> Do you know what though? Honestly, I think that worked in his favour. I oh, think that's too. the reason we all loved him, because he was the littlest guy on the roster, 150 pounds soaking wet. And we it's so easy to rally behind him. It's just, it's very strange to me that Vince was like, Yeah, we'll get, we'll hire Spike Dudley, considering it's Vincent Mann. Mm, I just find it odd. I find it fascinating because he is just he is like he has no muscle on him at all. <laughs> no, no, to be fair, I genuinely feel like I might have more muscle on me than yeah. him, and I'm a flabby dude. <laughs> I just I find it very strange. And again, I I fucking love Spike, but yeah. I, I feel like I've, like it's probably it's probably okay, Fabe. I feel like are people taking advantage of Spike because they can just throw him around? Some of the bumps Spike takes, especially through tables, just like what are you doing to yourself, mate? I I just. Because I think because he looks like such a guy, just mm. like me, surely you don't like this. Well, to that end, uh, the Dudleys get a little bit of uh, momentum built up here. They manage to 
they managed to get the upper hand. Bubba folds up Eddie with a power bomb. Oh, that was uh, a nasty power bomb. It was, me. it was horrendous, man. Benoit breaks the cover, though, and then gets a huge back suplex out of it. Uh, bionic elbow from Bubba to Eddie, but he gets distracted by Benoit again. The referee focuses on Benoit outside the ring, allowing Bubba and Spike to nail the was up. Which not is very as good strange, as having Spike doing it Sp- instead of Devon. Yeah. Spike is not as good at doing it as Devon. His no. his headbutt was like he fell off the turnbuckle. It was. <laughs> and then we get uh, Bubba double slap Spike on the chest and yells, "Spike, get their tables!" Nope. So Spike sets a table up at ringside, which is odd instead of setting it up in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benoit intercepts him. Back in the <laughs> ring, though. What's nice is you keep you keep getting shots of like in the ring and see Eddie and Bubba fighting. We just see Benoit like constantly destroying Spike in the background, like just chopping yeah. the fuck out of him and smashing <laughs> him against the table. I'm just like, oh mate, come on. <laughs> it's the classic funny background event. I, mean, yeah. I don't know if it was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Spike. Uh, Eddie gives a lovely hurricane run to Bubba. Goes for a frog splash, but Bubba rolls out of the way, and Eddie crashes and burns. Bubba then knocks Benoit off the apron as he climbs up, hits a disgusting Ugh. Bubba bomb on Eddie, yeah. picks up the win at 9.26. Very shocked to have Benoit lose his return match. Yeah, me too. I guess Eddie was the one eating the pin, though. But yeah, but... Um, Which is necessary to set up the next moment, because Benoit oh, hits the ring, Jesus. gives Bubba a German suplex. Spike tries to make the save with a Dudley dog. <laughs> Benoit uses Spike's momentum against him, throws him over the ropes to the outside, through the table. Beautiful smash. Spike is just obliterated. What I love about that spot in particular is they use that spot in his Titantron afterwards. Because I remember it from the video games. And Spike is just like, open mouth, like, ah! And I remember just being like, Spike, <laughs> why? Why do you let this happen? Why did you let them edit this into your video package? Yeah, like he just <laughs> just looks like he's crying in pain, and it's like yeah. instead of being like, "Oh, he's tough," I'm just like, "What? What's wrong with you guys? Like, leave him alone! <laughs> Don't bully um, him. He's a child." I then wrote that was worth a loss because it was fucking great to see Spike. It was <laughs> so good. Uh, Benoit then locks in the crippler crossface on Bubba, and oh. Eddie frog splashes onto Bubba's back, which Excellent. is strange. Uh, the referees all hit the ring to try and free Bubba from the crossface, and they can't manage it, which makes it look like an absolutely amazing hold. I was going to say, um, the crossface, Benoit's the only person to make it look good, unfortunately, which is like mm. slightly horrible, but it's true. He made it look like it's unbreakable and it's going to destroy everyone. And yes. then he then he turns into a chokehold just by Bubba slipping through his hands. Yeah, And it's just like, God... People have tried to do the crossface since, and it just never looks as good. But there's something yeah. about Benoit having his knuckles into your face, like pulling right <laughs> back on your head, especially to Jericho. It's just like, oh my god, that move looks like it really hurts, and oh yeah, no one's done it as good since. And it's a, it's a shame that it is Benoit's move, but God, yeah, it looks I, so good. It's a great it, fucking move that only he could really do well, which is yes. unfortunate. So it's like it's a horrible mixed feeling when I see it, but it's it's a great fucking submission. Yeah. Uh, so as alluded to, Bubba gets choked out. Benoit then relinquishes the hold, and he and Eddie stand tall. Uh, for me, I thought this was really good, really solid yeah. stuff. I thought I thought Eddie didn't quite click with Bubba to begin with, but they kind of pulled it around at the end. And both Dudleys made their opponents look incredible here. I have a, I, um, a confession to make. Oh. Which is going to make wrestling fans not like me. 
Oh no. I don't really like Eddie Guerrero. Well, uh, that's been another lovely episode of Rupert's <laughs> Relived. Thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry, what? I think he's great. I just don't really get it myself. I, um, that's fine. I think part part of it is a really silly reason that I'm also called Eddie and he was a heel when I was a kid and everyone's like, oh, <laughs> Eddie sucks and that's you. And it's like, no, it doesn't. Um, listen, listen. We've had Darth Vader on this show. You don't yeah. know the pain I've had growing up <laughs> with the name Luke. That's true. <laughs> I um, I also don't think his frog splash is very good. It's interesting because this is this has been a storyline recently with him and RVD. He's got the best frog splash, and it's RVD. The end. Done. Move on. Because <laughs> RVD's is incredible. It always looks more impactful. He can twist in the air. He goes further. He can really jump. I think Eddie just looks like he's like wiggly. I was like, all right. <laughs> I just, I, I think, I think Eddie's very good, but best of all time, I don't think so at all. I, I wouldn't necessarily say he is the best, but I, I'd be very happy to put him up in, you know, sort of the upper echelons. Absolutely. No, I, see, I wouldn't. That's the thing. I, I just, Ooh. people keep saying it. I'm like, I just don't get it. I don't think it was helped by Randy Orton <laughs> and Rey Mysterio. And no. WWE constantly just be like, do you remember he's dead? And it's like, yeah, thanks. I, yeah, I do know that actually, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that helped at all, but like, I but I just never got one of the best of all time vibes from Eddie, and I still don't quite get it myself. I, I think, and I, I'm going to try and spare you from the angry tweets. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes that is a, that's a very real phenomenon. Like I, there are plenty of wrestlers who are active today. And let's be honest, the quality of wrestling has never been better mm-hmm. than it is in the modern age, but there are loads of wrestlers working today and people are like, oh, this guy's amazing, and I'll watch it and I'll be like, I don't get it. No. And I, I think that's okay. You can't like every wrestler on the No, I think, I think if I said he's shit and I hate him, I'd be like, well, you're just being silly. But like, I just... Yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, I just fully... I think he's great, and he make, he makes me laugh a lot, but I don't... Oh, yeah, gotcha. I don't think he's ever. I don't think he's as good as a lot of people think he is, and that's that's oh, my opinion, Eddie Guerrero. Please leave me alone. Don't follow my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're done for, mate. Yeah, I know, Sorry. <laughs> I love the Young Bucks. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Uh, but but I love Baron Corbin, so fuck me. I guess you know what I mean. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I know. I know. Literally, have, I know. Have, have you been choked out? Am I, am I someone recently lost oxygen to the brain? Yeah. No. I no. Joking aside, I, I actually quite like. Yes. <laughs> well. Great. Anyway, we're, <laughs> we're 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 getting we're getting a, we're getting ahead of ourselves there. Uh, imminently. Oh Jesus. Diminutive WCW fella. <laughs> Big Show with hair is very strange. It is for backstage once more. The Big Show confronts Goldarth. <laughs> <laughs> and asks what he meant by his remarks the previous week when he was uh, doing a, a Steve Irwin impression. Of course uh, he was. What a stupid sentence. <laughs> of course. Uh, now. Um, it sure is 2002. <laughs> wasn't it, though? Now, this, I thought, made Big Show look really fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, what, what did you mean by the things when you called me a stinky, smelly man? Did you imply that I do not smell nice? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, you, you unintelligent man. You're in the NWO, you shouldn't be asking questions politely. Turn up and kill the guy. I really like Big Show, 
But mm. I don't know why. <laughs> because he's always made to look pathetic and shit and stupid. But like it's maybe it's just strange. the inst- maybe it's just being a kid and like, wow, he's big and that just he stuck is with large. me. large. Maybe that just stuck with me, but it was like something that Big Show I've always liked, but he is a fucking dum dum. Why you said I'm stupid? Because you're a fucking idiot, mate. <laughs> Demonstrably. <laughs> yeah. Although he does have one of the best lines in this episode. He does. I th- I assume it's the one that I, I've got written down here. Goldust does the old, you know, he's obviously still dressed as Darth Vader, and he does mm-hmm. the I am your father bit. And Man, don't you was- know my father's dead? Oh! <laughs> Oh, shit. What a great callback. That's incredible callback. It's so fucking funny. It popped for me big for that. I'm so happy. Um, Goldust (laughs) gets Big Show to hold the Vader helmet and then announces, I am your father, and then just cunts it in the head so hard with the lightsaber (laughs) it breaks. Um, Goldust attempts to run away, but unfortunately he turns right around into Kevin Nash. Who who proper jump scare. Oh, fucking Jesus Christ, he's out of nowhere. And Nash responds, yeah, and I'm your daddy. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Another great line, big daddy cool, it makes sense. There's mm. logic. Also, Kevin Nash looks great here. Nash looks so fucking good here, man. He looks ready to tear dudes in half. Uh, the two giants then beat the absolute shit out of Goldust with metal something or others. <laughs> I couldn't tell metal what gears. earth they were. <laughs> yeah, metal, metal gear. Metal gear. Metal gear. Metal gear. <laughs> What's a Russian gunship doing in Monday Night Raw? <laughs> Didn't you know my brother's dead? <laughs> GTV, a surveillance camera. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Goldust is such a metal game. He's fucking psychomantis, like for sure. He absolutely is. Uh, Nash tells Big Show that if he doesn't get the job done in his upcoming match, then he and Shawn Michaels will come out to kick his ass. Big yes. Shows. Let's yes, let's go for that again. Kevin Nash very plainly and simply tells Big Show, if you don't do the job, we're going to beat you up. Mm. Very nice and very clear instructions. Absolutely. There'll be no confusion later on from Big Show. <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> I'm sure. Stupid. Uh, we... Jesus, he's so dumb. <laughs> we hop back to ringside at the commentary table where JR and King discuss the main event and they remind us that Jeff has been in plenty of ladder matches Mm -hmm. and Undertaker has never been in a one. Mm -hmm. We get a cool little close-up of the belt and can plainly see the weird chunky uh, font on the nameplate. Don't like that. (laughs) U-N-D-E Thanks, mate. Taker. July 11th. Oh, Jesus. Uh, then we get a Jeff Hardy video package of all the mental fucking shit he's done in ladder matches. And yes. honestly, this was so cool. Right. I'm not even a I'm not even a big Jeff Hardy guy, but oh my god, this is amazing. Again though, if you're new if you're fairly new to wrestling and mm. you're like, oh great, this is clearly a big match, let's give you a highlight of why Jeff is so confident. It's like, great, now I know. Excellent. I love a good highlight package. I love a good sort of like, you know, character spotlight piece. Me too. It just it does a lot, and I really liked it. And WWE are very good at them as well. Yes. Their, their editing team are incredible for these sorts of things. Uh, backstage again, <coughs> I choke on my own tongue. Fantastic. <laughs> backstage again, Terry asks the Undertaker for his thoughts, and Taker decides 
that he first wants to address, Kurt Angle. Telling I'm him not that black. <laughs> I'm not white. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing the race card. Thanks. Oh Jesus! I, I I link I linked Eddie to the uh, Farouk played the race card promo and it blew what his fucking mind. Fucking, oh, it's like you're a white man. I'm sorry, but you are just I'm not white. You are. Though. Yes, you are. You're from Texas. <laughs> that's that's one of the most white. Yeah. <laughs> Our transcend race. You just don't. <laughs> Can you fucking imagine? If I don't see color. Stupid man. So Taker uh, Taker announces to Kurt Angle that he will not submit to him like Hulk Hogan did at King of the Ring. He says once Kurt's out of the way, he'll move on to The Rock. What I love uh, is he says I won't tap out to you because I'm not Hulk Hogan. Like yeah, yeah. fuck yes. That's a great <laughs> we- little line. It is. It's a, it's a fab little dig at Hogan as well, who, mm-hmm. incidentally, that is the one and only time he's ever tapped out, so it just seems like oh, a great little middle thing. So good. It. I really like that line. So, yeah, I won't tap out because I'm, not, I'm, better than, I'm better than Hogan, which is, like, you know, the biggest name in wrestling. What mm. a great way to pick yourself over. I loved it. Absolutely. Um, Terry, though, uh, asks if Undertaker's even slightly concerned about his match tonight. And Undertaker- I don't see ladders. <laughs> <laughs> Undertaker couldn't give a fuck and he just walks off. <laughs> Which I thought was a fun little bit of storytelling. The yes. fact that Undertaker's he's seeing past Jeff and he's like, well, Kurt Angle's a main eventer. The Rock is a main eventer. Seeing past Jeff. Seeing past colour. <laughs> Stupid man. Oh dear. Elsewhere, Big Show finds that X-Pac has been put through a coffee table. Hmm. Looks Sleep- expensive. Sleepy X-Pac, I wrote. <laughs> just... <laughs> Having a little nap. I I don't know where they got this table from. This wasn't a wrestling table. It was really <laughs> ornate and nice. They just fucked it up by putting Sean Waltman through it. Drickley just fell asleep through it. They were like, we had a segment planned and he's just he's just out. Let's just He's just a snoozy lad. <laughs> Put his hand in some warm water and film it and just let him go off. So then we now have Booker T versus Big Show because with a partner apiece written off, this is now a singles contest. I just thought of a good X Park Star Wars pun. Oh. Make some droids! There we go. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, Big Show looks fucking pissed off when he comes oh. to the ring. He's so cool there. I love uh, he does look. He does look a little chunky here, though. I, 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 I did write somewhere that Big Show doesn't look in great shape. and it, it, No. He doesn't look well at all. No. We're, we're coming up to a point in Big Show's career where he is very large and bloated. Yeah. And that's... It's, upset, it's upsetting. Yeah, he worked hard to get in shape and then he loses it for a bit. And then he gets back in tremendous shape. He, he should, yo-yos a lot throughout the mm. next decade. But when he's oh, in yeah. shape, and he, you can tell he's just happier and healthier. Oh, um, gotcha. But here, he just looks like he's kind of given up a little bit. And it's, it's just sad to see because he looks like he's in pain. He, he looks rather sweaty and greasy as well. Yeah. Like it's it's an effort to be in the ring. Booker T's entrance is so fucking good. The music is great, it, though? and the actual the fireworks and the taunt he does it just like wow, this is a, this guy's a star. Um, and like more wrestlers need signature taunts. I I keep saying it, but it's true. Absolutely, absolutely. So the, the Big Show NWO theme though is fucking awful. <laughs> well, well, it's the beep, 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 it's what? <laughs> oh, dreadful! But I do like he comes out in the black and white with the like frame skipping because yeah, now he absolutely. now he looks like a fucking um, King Kong monster. Which I, yes, I, unintentional, but I liked it. 
Um, but the music is dreadful. It's a very odd mashup. He gets the worst no, mashups. No, not the worst one he gets. Nope. <laughs> Although, again, ironically love that one. Poor man. What a weird career he's had. Hasn't he, though? Lots of displays of strength from Big Show here at the start of this one. Man handles Booker like he's a fucking child. Yes, I wrote um, here, similar to my Mark Henry comments in my first appearance on this podcast, make him look strong, not just big. Yes. Uh, Big Show then slaps on a bear hug and we get a little referee dropping the hand bit. great! I love this so much. (laughs) Booker is able to power out of this uh, this hole when he sees his own hand. Oh, so good! I love fingers! It's like, oh, oh shit, that, that thing that's attached to the, to the bottom of my wrist. Yeah. Wow, oh my god, I, 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 I go. A, I am a five-time champion. <laughs> yeah. A, it's so um, silly. But the crowd fucking lose their minds for it. Because, like, it's, again, it's a signature yeah. taunt. They get it. Like, yeah. yeah, he's doing the thing. It's so easy. Booker throws off a big jumping kick. Uh, but then gets caught in a sidewalk slam for a two. And then Show yells, God damn it, Charles! At the referee, which <laughs> yeah. fucking coffee, big style. Oh. Uh, show charges Booker. Booker ducks, pulls the top rope down, and Show crashes like a drunken gorilla to the outside. <laughs> uh, they brawl at ringside. Uh, there's a, there's a, a really cool note on commentary from JL that I really liked here. You know, we've we've had a lot of sort of like Big Show throwing punches and kicks, and Jr. Mm. says even the most basic moves hurt more when done by Big Show. Yes. It's like, okay, I like that. That's good. It's you know. so simple, but it's mm. uh, it is true. It's why I liked him when he did his finish move as the big punch. Because like, yeah, he's mm. a fucking big lad punching you in the face. I should knock you out. Of course, it G- should. Great. <laughs> this is this is something that Big Show is ultimately very good and very experienced at wrestling the big man style. Yes. And if you can make a punch look like it's a devastating move, then yeah. you've got that wrapped up pretty damn well. Not the fucking alley oop. Do you know what I mean? Toilet <laughs> or move. The final cut. Like, it's not a bad move, but is it a big show, really? I think you'll find you mean the hog log. Sorry. Fucking, what a stupid name. <laughs> Fucking Crash Bandicoot level name, that is. Show then picks up the ring steps, raises them up. Booker T just. Kicks his leg out from under him, show falls backwards, and the steps land across his own face. Oof. And then Jerry Lawler goes, You alright? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Big Show Big Show does that spot a few times in his career, and I always mm. love it because he's so good at being like, Oh, I'm falling, ah, oh, but like slowly but not not stupidly. Yeah. So it's obviously quite safe for him, but it looks like big giants falling over, oh shit, and then you get the big loud stairs noise as well, which is just yeah. like Great. Oh, it's so, so, so good. I love it a lot. Uh, meanwhile, Charles Robinson has been counting both men out, so Booker T gets back into the ring, mm. and Robinson restarts his count. Whoops, that's not how that works. And that he made has to me count so mad. Fast. I was like, Charles, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> He's then going, uh, one, two, three, four. <laughs> like, Charles, what are you doing? Like, fucking hell. What are you doing, Charles? God damn it, Charles. God damn it, Charles. <laughs> uh, Big Show is counted out at three minutes and 25, giving Booker mm-hmm. the win. Uh, he does a spinneroonie to celebrate, and then decides against exiting up the ramp because he knows Nash and Michaels will be waiting. Booker uh, is Booker smart. Instead, he is smart. 
He instead exits through the crowd as we cut backstage and see the two dudes with attitude are indeed on their way to the ring, ready to knock Big Show out. I have a question, I... LT. Yes? What happened to Booker T that made him insane on commentary? <laughs> I what did would... TNA do to that man? <laughs> Dark things in his brain is all I can yeah, possibly because he's he's very well spoken in his segments here. He's he very is. funny and he he's, oh absolutely he's, he's smart. And then we get him on commentary and he's literally forgetting names, just making shit up, and saying shucky 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 quack quack. Like what? Shucky quack quack. Oh what? my goodness, he's what? in my fa five. What happened to this? Man? <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. Like we, you know, we've got footage of him. You know, people taking pictures of him behind the ring. Um, doing commentary on NXT order in his Domino's order <laughs> yeah. for him, waiting for him when he gets backstage. What's he doing? <laughs> He's clocked out. It's so odd. I, I, I love I him. Love him. <laughs> I he I forgive him anything. He's a sh- he's shit and insane on commentary, but I don't care because he makes me no. laugh. Because he's fun and energetic. He's so funny. Uh, I gotta say, this match I thought it was all right. Booker was grand. Kind of a shame how I. It feels like the match was designed just to make Big Show look stupid as hell. I mean, they, that's Big Show in a nutshell, isn't it? Though, sadly, mm. it's a big, it's a nut, the nut show. Um, <laughs> the nut show. Big Show always gets built up. Big scary monster. Nah, fuck it. He's dumb again. And it's, bring the size of a walnut. And I don't know why I still like him. <laughs> like I logically shouldn't, but I just. Because he's very large. Eddie Guerrero? No, I'm not a fan. Big show. Love that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. I fully don't get it. Yeah. Uh, We come back from the commercial break and Nash, Michaels and Show are all in the ring. Did anyone Uh, buy HBK being a heel? Because I really don't. (laughs) It's weird, isn't it? Because obviously he is... He's an, an all-timer heel in yeah. the early '90s, but it's difficult to boo him here because he's been away for so long, and it seems special for him to be back. It's it's the one of the uh, one of the first like I retired now I'm back stories we get, especially in this company. It is um, yes, and also it's Sean mocking Michaels like, and even if you even if you don't like him, he is incredible. I think he's a cunt in real life, but like, <laughs> do you know? At this point, it's for me. It's still like it's fucking Shawn Michaels in the NWO. Exactly. Why? That it just you know. I know it's the click and everything, but like it just doesn't line up for me. It just I don't know. And I didn't I didn't watch the TV shows at this point. I saw the odd pay per view every sure. now and then. And I'm watching this. This is my first time really seeing WWE NWO on t- on a TV show. And I'm just like, eh? Does it? Work? I don't think it works. It's very strange. Um, and what follows is quite strange as well. This promo Big Show... is so boring, I didn't make any notes for it. <laughs> Big Show knows that trouble's coming. And well... he drops his, drops his straps, ready for a fight. Uh, Nash looks real mad, throws a punch at Big Show, who fires one back. Sean steps between the two of them, and he decides the tough love method isn't working. And instead... They all need to work together to fight Booker T. And at this point, my brain went, Big Show's getting super kicked in a minute, isn't he? Well, when Kevin Nash was like squaring up, Big Show's like, what are you doing? I was like, he said this would happen, Big Show. Why are you surprised? (laughs) Are you that fucking thick? Apparently. Sean says that he knows Booker was the one who took out X-Pac and promises retribution for next week. He says the two big animals, Nash and Show, need to calm down. (laughs) If only. Jesus, NWO Batista, I wish. 
Uh, he says they need to calm down. Let him make an announcement. He says the NWO is a family, albeit a dysfunctional oh, one. Fucking every manager and every shit office job. <laughs> Shawn Michaels go back. Everyone's got a pizza to cheer everyone up. Like fuck you, Sean. Now, now, Big Show. I appreciate you just lost a book of tea, but we need you to work extra on Saturday. Can you please come in at four in the morning? Fucking Big Show. <laughs> big Show in the back making cold calls to customers with energy renewals. Just like, hey, your bill's going up next month. That's like, fucking. That's so miserable. <laughs> it, it was. Trust me. Yeah, it was oh, awful. God. Good job, good job, lads. <laughs> Fuck you, Gary Tarleton, you cunt. <laughs> uh, Sean says the family isn't the same when one of their number is missing, and one of their family is missing due to injury, but he's not talking about X Park. He says or, the man he's talking about. Or Scott about, Hall, but ignore that. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he just vanished. Yeah, there was no Scott Hall. <laughs> Go away, there ain't no Scott Hall There never was Slams the door to Scott Hall Railway Cafe Oh, good lord uh, He says the man he's talking about Is at home recuperating from injury uh, Specifically Sean is talking about Triple H and I, wrote here, I, I wrote here, you fucking liar <laughs> Lying he's just, bastard he's not, Triple H does not join the NWO I can't no. I can't think anyone believed this at the time. He he assures the fans that Hunter will be the newest member. And here's the funny thing about this. Uh, Michael's listed off everyone's name. He was like, oh, there's Big Show, there's X-Pac, there's Kevin Nash, there's me, Shawn Michaels, there's Triple H. And the fans booed X-Pac, they booed Show. Mm-hmm. They really wanted to cheer the other three. Yeah. Like, honestly, you could have turned Nash and Michael's face immediately here. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. Uh, Sean then says that Kevin and Show need to kiss and make up, so uh, they do. Big Show pulls his lipstick out of his pocket and yeah. fucks up. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> nurse! <laughs> Kev removes his hands from his jeans pocket just long enough to extend a handshake to Big Show. Show accepts, and Nash sort of drags him in the direction of yes. a sweet chin music from Sean. Uh, the two of them leave... And start walking up the ramp, and then they kind of decide against leaving Big Show. And they like they, it's not clear because it's not said on mic, but it, the camera mm. mic picks it up. They're like, "All right, Big Show, it was just tough love. Come yes. on!" Like they, they haven't actually booted him out. He just got a kick in the mush. The tough love so. storyline's interesting, but also, it is Big Show. He is a big fucking lad. I was thinking, what are you doing, guys? You stupid idiots! Are the NWO thick as pig shit? <laughs> like, come on! It it feels like a risky maneuver for Shawn Michaels, who is average build at best, to yes. pick on the big show. Yes. He's, I mean, obviously he's only doing it because he's got Kevin Nash there. Of course. I like, wouldn't, wouldn't be doing that. Like, tough love storylines for me would work on, like, a Daniel Bryan. Yes. He's, like, getting bullied by older wrestlers. Oh, was tough love, little kid boy. And then he mm. like he's like, I'm fucking Daniel Bryan. Fuck you, and kills him. <laughs> but big show? I don't know. It just doesn't quite work with me because he's the big show and he's been here for fucking ever. But. Now, don't you worry, because this does come back, actually, a couple of months oh. from now. So, just uh, t- tuck it away. Tuck it under your hat there. You're not wearing a hat, oh, I'm sure. T- I've, tuck I've it away. seen you in a tuck hat. It away. <laughs> tuck it away now. <laughs> Sake. Uh, in Vince's office uh, is The Undertaker. He's doing a little bit of shadow boxing to no one in particular. <laughs> Vince, Vince compliments Undertaker and tells him... Um, you know, he's going to guarantee his match against The Rock at Vengeance, regardless of whether Undertaker is champion oh. or not. And Undertaker stops 
dead in his tracks. He doesn't like the sound of that, and he's like, "What? What do you mean if I'm champion or not?" Mm-hmm. Which great, like he is. Vince is well under Undertaker's skin here, and he didn't even mean to. Yes, because Vince is like, "Oh, you want the Rock? Cool. Well, I'll guarantee you that match." And to him, the championship is secondary. But to mm-hmm. Taker, it's like, "Of course, I'm going to be the champion." Yeah. Aren't I right? What I love is because Vince is a very cocky the whole night. He's like, "Yeah, I'm in charge. Fuck SmackDown. Fuck everything else. I'm Vince McMahon," but he's still scared of Undertaker. Yes. And it's just great. I love that little touch. Like Vince is not untouchable in that sense. No. Which is really, really nice to have. It's like, oh yeah, take a I guess Taker's turning face. It's nice to be like if someone's got to step up, it's gonna be Taker. Absolutely. Uh Undertaker says that once he beats Jeff Hardy, Jeff won't be able to stand up. Uh we then cut to Jeff in his locker room. Jesus where he is joined by his brother Matt, who, who arrived... looks fucking ripped. He does, my god, he's been hitting that gym. He uh, shows up to offer Jeff words of encouragement and says he's brought someone else with him as well who wants to give Jeff well wishes, and then in comes Lita. And I was so happy to see she's... Lita. Same, yeah. I mean, she's she's neck braced up at the minute. I mm. think she's had her surgery at this stage. But like you can tell the fans are really happy to see yeah. her, even though it's, it's like just a little cameo. It's like, oh, Lita. And again, like... it's such a nice touch. This is Jeff's big match. Bringing Lita, what a fucking lovely little touch yeah. to have, and and she makes she makes a sweet remark. She's like, well, you know, I you know, I've got to say hi because I'm probably going to be riding home with the WWE champion later. It's like, yeah, oh, so nice, it's really nice. And then, and then Jeff, Jeff attacks <laughs> the door. <laughs> what? What's he doing? Like, right, all caps, Jeff. What are you doing? Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> he he goes zoomies again. He does. He, he, start, he, he opens starts the door walking, and then just yeah, again, oh. he starts walking away normally. Then he just looks at the door. Goes ah, kicks it, and then like runs, but he like runs into he like almost runs in place like a cartoon at first, and then just dashes off. I can almost hear the Scooby Doo noise happening. It's what so I love cringy. This, what I love is the reaction. Lita sort of looks at Matt like, "Oh yeah, he's ready." And Matt kind of, Matt's kind of looking like, "Amy, did you not see that? That was <laughs> what's going on." I wrote Jeff is like those videos of the children screaming at the computer and destroying their keyboard. <laughs> It's so weird. It's because it's just not natural. That's the thing. It's very forced. It's very it, strange. It's like it's oh my cue. What have I got to do here? Oh, kick the door and scream. <laughs> Standard Jeff Hardy <laughs> behavior. It's, it's so weird and cringy and like you're a gro- again you're a grown man. Mm. <laughs> what are you doing? What's he doing, Ilty? I wish I could answer you. I don't oh, know. This, this so is Jeff funny. before he's into massive drugs. <laughs> It's so weird. He's got no excuse here. Somehow, the stock music they use of the Hardy Boys is perfect for them. It is. It's, I it's don't really great. Get I it. love it. it. It works so well. Just some stock now, track, perfect. Bang. It It is now time for the main event. As Jeff challenges The Undertaker for the WWE Championship in a ladder match. Now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, guys and gals and non-binary pals... I am very proud to announce this is a milestone moment for the podcast. This match is the first of many that we'll get to over the course of our timeline that WWE actually consider one of the 100 best matches in their history. 
that's uh, recorded in the 100 Greatest Matches book, which is a great little coffee table book. Highly recommend it. Uh, the matches in that book aren't ranked, so I couldn't tell you... Oh, it's Thanks, lads. <laughs> I think they decided that's an impossible task. I guess like, so, but still, like, it, fuck you. Um, but the way I look at it, just think how many matches there are in even a week of WWE. Top 100 of yeah. all time, no matter the ranking is incredible and guys this one's fucking special it's pretty damn good this is fucking great what isn't good is Jeff's glow in the dark face paint that I think is supposed to be a symbol it just looks like a big blob <laughs> yeah he's it's like sort of daubed over his, his eyes and his forehead it looks like um, someone just threw snot on his head and it's just like oh <laughs> mate you've really tried something here and it just you just look a bit silly it's not like glow in the dark Nickelodeon gack or whatever <laughs> creamy muck muck like, oh no uh, so Undertaker champ out first mm-hmm. interestingly uh, before getting in the ring it's um, Jeff sits on Undertaker's bike and this is there's a fun little sequence here before the match has even technically begun Taker comes out to um, have a little have a little word because mm-hmm. obviously he's not keen on that. Jeff hits the ring. Taker goes to check on the bike to see if Jeff's done something to it. He hasn't. He's probably screamed at it. <laughs> yeah, climbed ah! on the bike. He's <laughs> <laughs> just written "poo" in glow in the dark green paint <laughs> yeah. on the seat. Uh, Taker turns round to see the ladder that was set up at ringside drop kicked into his mush by Jeff oh. from the ring, followed by Jeff leaping out of the ring with a massive crossbody and then waffling Taker with a chair, which he slides into the ring. Ding, ding, ding. The match is underway. That's how you start a match. I love that Taker didn't catch Jeff, which he probably would have done any other match, he would have caught Jeff in the crossbody. Mm. But it's like he's already surprised by the ladder in his face. He's dazed. Crossbody, fall, fall down. Great. And that chair shot was fucking... It's not Good. even the grossest oh. one in the match, though. That's the, no. that's the thing. <laughs> there's a horrendous one in this. God damn. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff, even in the early going here. Jeff chucks the ladder at Taker. Taker catches it, mm-hmm. charges at Jeff with it. Jeff moves out of the way, so Taker just runs into the apron. Basically meaning he runs into the ladder. Oh, it's so good. Um... He then cuts Jeff off with a clothesline, starts to work him over, thrashing him against the barricade. He then goes to lawn dart Jeff into the ladder. Jeff slides down his back and shoves him into it, places the ladder on Taker's body and leg drops it off the stairs, which is cool as fuck. I really love, particularly in smaller matches like this, like two people, just very simple ladder spots. So put the ladder on someone and jump on it. Like, yeah. Sometimes it's all you need and... It makes it sense works. for Taker and Jeff because Jeff, uh, Jeff is small. Taker is big. I need to I need to hurt him more with a ladder. Great. And then when Taker does it, it's like I am big. Fuck you. I'm going to clean with this ladder. <laughs> it just works so well. The cool thing about this is that like Taker isn't no selling, no. but Taker is getting up very quickly. Taker is a horror movie monster in this match. Yes. And Jeff has to throw himself at him repeatedly. And it only takes a little bit for Taker to shut him down. Mm-hmm. So Jeff slides the ladder into the ring, crawls in behind it, and as Jeff gets just past the other end of the ladder, Taker smacks down on <sighs> the other end and it fulcrums into Jeff's face and uppercuts him with the ladder. It's so Beautiful. good. It's and then great. for good measure, Taker boots into Jeff's ribs. Oh, that's a really great spot. Just so <laughs> simple. 
Uh, Taker then blasts Jeff with the ladder off the apron, uh, sending Jeff crashing into the commentary table. Uh, follows to the outside. Uh, no, sorry, doesn't follow to the outside. Uh, Taker sets up the ladder, first of all, uh, climbs it up, uh, and he's basically easily won the match. Looks out yeah. of the ring, sees Jeff, and he pauses. And then he hops down, and he's gonna fucking kill Jeff. In one of Taker's promos earlier, he said he wanted to hurt Jeff, and so he didn't stand mm. up. So it makes sense that Taker's then not just getting the belt and winning. Yeah. So we just had that little comment earlier. It was like, great, now we know why Taker's not winning straight away. Yeah, that's part of the story of the match. And great it's so little well logic. Uh, Taker then does head outside, throws Jeff onto the commentary table, and I love this next bit here. Like Jim Ross is so fucking angry at Taker, and he's mm-hmm. scolding him. Like, why would you do that? What was the point of that? He can't defend himself. Why did you do that? And Jerry Lord is like trying to talk Jr. down because he's yeah. like, don't provoke him. And Jim Ross is like so fucking angry. He's like, well, I'm not trying to provoke him, but uh, uh, like he he's so fucking cross, and he wants to tell Taker off, and you can tell he's afraid of. Taker. Taker, but he he has to let him know what a bastard he's the, being. It's the so commentary good. for this match in particular is excellent. It's like, amazing. Uh, How's your wrestling did? How's your commentary on this match is on that episode, and it's just so fucking good. It's brilliant, and and we'll we'll get to some of the bits that I love in a bit. But like Jerry Lawler is very good in this, and like mm-hmm. over the course of this podcast, listeners, you will know that I have given Lawler a lot of grief, and so have many of my co-hosts. Mm-hmm. But he's my a cunt. goodness, he's good in this. What's nice is Jerry Lawler starts off like laughing and joking, and then he's like, "Oh shit, this is serious!" Like, "Oh fuck, yes. Jeff could do it," and it's nice, and because Jr. the whole way is like, ah! Ah! <laughs> like it's, it King like warms up to like, "Oh shit, this is a serious yeah. big moment," and. It's almost like the the person that the character buys into the match, which is just nice yes. thing to uh, nice thing to, to witness. Uh, Undertaker throws Jeff onto the timekeeper's table next, oh. and Jeff ends up in a really fucked up position. <laughs> yeah. Jeff's another one of those guys who's just great at making his body look like he's fucking folded in seven thousand bits. Just um, contortionist, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know how they do it. He's just a very flexible man, so when he falls, he can bend his legs over his fucking head, and it's like, oh, ow, it looks like it hurts. He's probably, like... Probably okay, yeah. Yeah, he's in that little stretch. <laughs> uh, there's a guy in the front row who gets picked up on the mic, saying, and I quote, his ass! <laughs> okay. It's ass! <laughs> uh, Taker throws Jeff into the ring, lays the ladder down, Mm-hmm. throws Jeff face first Ugh. into it um, he's sort of meticulously taking him apart as well, stomps, knee lifts the works, then we get an interesting sort of position in of the ladder here, take a kind of it's wedged open and he mm-hmm. leans it against the ropes, so imagine like the ladder is laying down long mm-hmm. ways and then oh, yes. open it up and you put the bit that's now open leaning on the second rope, just, just for the purpose of the listeners, just to mm-hmm. get that visual there, so but it's basically, it's, it's in like a a, a, a V shape, lying yes. on its side, if you get me. Uh, Jeff tries to fight back, has a, li- a real little flurry. Taker shuts him down with one right hand. Mm-hmm. It's, again, horror movie monster. Uh, Taker then has a look at the wedged open ladder as Jeff crawls towards it, trying to get away. And as Jeff ends up between uh, the V shape of the ladder, Taker hops outside drags the bottom end, where Jeff's head is, out onto the apron, and does his apron leg drop onto the ladder, crushing Jeff. 
Taker reacts in pain, Jeff reacts in almost dead. <laughs> this is what I wrote. I like that uh, Taker being allowed to sell as his character adds so much more mm. to his matches than a lot of his earlier oh, stuff. God, yeah. Even like Ministry, Ministry of Dark and stuff where he wouldn't really sell proper. Mm. So him just doing a leg drop on a ladder and being like, ah, my fucking leg hurts. It's like, exactly. great. It's this really, thing. This really, really helps. Just, and like JR notes on commentary, well, that hurt Undertaker too. So it's kind of yeah. little, a little hope spot. The audience like, oh, maybe Jeff has a chance if Undertaker can undo himself. But it's great that, again, like you said, Taker did one punch, Jeff is down because Jeff just mm. simply isn't good enough at this point. Mm. And it's just a very nice, simple storytelling device. Absolutely. Not Take everyone is sense. ready immediately. And Jeff no. is not currently. Je- Jeff will be ready though, but uh, not, Give it six not years. just now. <laughs> yeah. uh, Taker sets Jeff up in the corner, charges in from the opposite corner with a clothesline, mm-hmm. then leans the ladder up in a corner. Oh throws... no, not just yet. He doesn't lean it. He grabs the ladder and throws it in the corner. Throws it in the corner. Then he's like, oh, it's not like that. But then he, then he has to set it up. I really like it. Taker takes longer to set simple things up like a ladder in the corner because he's not used mm. to it. He, he'll, he'll throw it into the corner like he would a, a wrestler. And then he's like, oh, it's not right. I've got to rejig it. Whereas Jeff is like, ladder, bam, there it is. And it's second a, nature such a exactly. wonderful little touch. It, it was attentional or not, it's a really great little touch. Take, 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 take his time more, setting things up, um, and then kills Jeff anyway. But it's just a nice little touch to be like, great, take his unu- not used to this environment. And I really liked yeah. it. Well, then to uh, sort of make things right, Taker throws Jeff into the ladder. Oh, second. And then goes for another clothesline from the opposite corner. But Jeff this time rolls out of the way and Taker just collides with the damn thing. Uh, But he recovers near immediately from Mm -hmm. it. Throws Jeff towards a corner with an Irish whip, chases him in. Jeff, though, leaps up onto the turnbuckle, catches Taker with a rebound corkscrew dive off the turnbuckle. Knocks that, him down in a big heap. So good. That might be the best whisper in the wind he's ever done. It's, it's so good. It's, it's like perfect. Gorgeous, man. Jeff then sets the ladder up in that same wedged V style that it was before on the ropes. But Taker boots him out of the ring. Taker then <laughs> follows Jeff. And Jeff blasts Undertaker in the fucking oh nads with God. a penalty kick. Uh, Jeff then hits the ring. Runs off the ropes. Bounces onto the ladder, which being wedged on the second rope mm-hmm. allows it to act as a springboard, and Jeff launches over the top rope onto Taker. Oh my god, I've never seen anything like this in a ladder match before. It's so good. Even if, like, in real life, it does nothing, it's a great visual. Sure. And it's like, I, realist, realistically, Jeff is probably doing all the work here. Yeah, but it, but it looks just great. Looks and it, so fucking cool. Yeah. And, like, you know what it means. You know the visual yeah. shorthand for it. It works. I really miss the black ladders. I don't know why it makes a difference, but it I, it does. They just look they do. better. They do look better. Uh, Jeff then pulls a massive ladder from under the ring, and we get one of my favourite calls of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Lawler asks, what the hell is this? Jim Ross responds, that's a big ladder. <laughs> Which that's is a big by ladder, an- <laughs> King. <laughs> followed by another in. truly excellent exchange. King going, well, what's that for? And Jerry goes, oh, what's that for? Oh, he's going to go paint his garage. <laughs> You fucking idiot. What do you think he's a ladder match? JR's so fucking good. He is. Uh, Jeff gets the ladder set up in the ring, slowly starts climbing towards the belt. But Undertaker's right on cue, clubs him in the back, picks him off the ladder for a last ride, 
Jeff counters with a hurricane run and flings him out of the ring, and the fans start to come oh. unglued. Because they're like, oh shit, Jeff could do this here. Mm-hmm. And he starts climbing, and this is where things get really fun. And as you said on the commentary, Lawler, who has been cheering for Undertaker the whole time, is actually like, oh shit, Jeff might do this. Yeah. And like he starts going, go on, Jeff, go, 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 do it, do it. Um, however, just as Jeff is within reach of the belt, Taker hits the ring, smashes Jeff in the back with the chair, pulls him to the canvas, and works him over with the chair, goes for a last ride. Jeff counters again, this time leaning back in the Hurricane Runner position, grabbing the chair while he's upside down, bringing himself up and smacking it into Undertaker's head. If that and is w- it- if that went wrong even a little bit, it, the whole spot would have been like, oh, you've almost... But it was just, like, perfect. It was brilliant. Then, to follow that up, as Taker sort of drops to, drops to his knees in the ring, Jeff absolutely cunt Undertaker in the head with the chair. One of the most deafeningly clattering chair shots that I've ever seen a man take. Undertaker, I did not see those hands coming oh, up. He no. took that fucker full on. Taker would take chair shots like a motherfucker. He was like not afraid to do so. Probably for mm. his detriment, but... He probably Jesus. shouldn't have, but I think... it, it worked here, I'm not going to lie. He, think... he should like he should not have done it, no. but it looked good. <laughs> at, at one point when Taker hits... Jeff of the chair, you can see the chair is already bent quite badly. Mm. Like, oh, yeah. They are fucking walloping each other. It's they, they, there's no give in any of these. You know they're they're putting everything they can into all these shots here. Jeff starts dragging himself up the ladder, and Jim Ross delivers one of the most famous wrestling calls of all time as he implores Jeff, "Climb the ladder, kid. Make yourself famous." Jeff is close. So close, mm-hmm. agonizingly close, and then Taker strikes him in the spine with the chair Ugh. twice. Uh, Undertaker climbs the other side of the ladder and meets Jeff at the top. Jeff reaches up and touches the belt. Undertaker choke slams Jeff off the ladder and unhooks the belt to win at fourteen oh five in a frankly incredible encounter. Now, ordinarily, uh, I would leave the post-match stuff until after we've discussed the match, but this time I think it actually plays into the story quite well. Uh, it, yes, because I, I have a note here already, which is when when the match is over, I was like, this match is still really great. It's amazing. I think mm. it has a lot of race tinted glasses, nostalgia around it. I loved it, near as near as I once did. And then this happened, and I was like, no, I was wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Taker hits the ramp to leave gets on his bike, and then he decides, Jeff's not suffered enough yet. <laughs> Poor Jeff. Hits the ring again, and blasts him with a last ride, which, by the way, one of my favourite moves of all time. It's, again, so simple. Just a mm. slight powerbomb variation. Makes sense for Taker. It's great. Beautiful. Taker then, satisfied the job is done, leaves the ring once more, gets on his bike, turns it on, <laughs> gets to the top of the ramp, <laughs> And then here's Jeff yelling at him from on on a microphone, yelling, "Hey, you haven't broke me yet." Is it Jeff? Undertaker's. Or, is it Jeff is, or is it Norville Shaggy Rogers? <laughs> you haven't broke me, Taker. I'm still standing. Zoink. <laughs> Undertaker's eyes almost pop out of his fucking head. It's so good. Like you can, it's written on his face. Like mm-hmm. 
what do this I do to kill this kid? motherfucker. Yeah. Taker storms the ring, pulls Jeff to his feet, rears back for a punch, and then realizes he can't do it. Mm -hmm. It gives Jeff a congratulatory pat on the head and raises his hand as the fans go fucking nuts. Jeff collapses out of exhaustion. The Undertaker respects Jeff Hardy as we go off the air. Yes. So, okay. Holy fuck. I, I said. Match is still great, not as good as I remember it being at all. Maybe it's nostalgia. As soon as Taker raised Jeff's arm, I got all the goosebumps again. Yeah. And I was like, wrestling's weird. <laughs> I don't it's... know how... I don't know why that... Raising someone's arm is such like a... This now elevates his match to an extreme level. But it just fucking does. Yeah. I don't get it, but it's, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful, beautiful moment. And again, you know, as, as we sort of said... It's not Jeff's time. Jeff Hardy no. will have his time. He will become a world champion. Not during our timeline, unfortunately, <laughs> folks. Don't get your hopes up. Yeah. But it's 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 a moment. It's like this was a star making moment for Jeff. Mm -hmm. This match is very interesting because I think this match needed so many things to come together to make it the one of the best of all time. It needed mm. everything to go right, which it did. Yes. It needed um, the crowd to be hot, which they were. It needed the commentary oh, yeah. to be on point, which they were. Mm -hmm. um, and it needed people to buy the fact that Jeff could win and that Taker does suspect him at the end. And they, uh, if one of those things didn't work, it wouldn't be as good as it is. But everything clicked and came together. Yes. Because, like, really, I was, think I was thinking what I was watching yesterday. Maybe it's why I didn't enjoy it initially as much. I was like, if this had no sound to it, it would be quite a dull ladder match, really. Mm. The commentary but adds a lot. The commentary and the crowd and just Undertaker like shit talking at Jeff the entire match like fucking your little shit cunt. <laughs> like it's just everything came together to make this so fucking good and I it's just a wonderful magic moment in wrestling. It's amazing stuff. And again, you know, we are we are on the road to an Undertaker babyface turn mm -hmm. and once we get that turn, Undertaker will never be heel again. It is worth pointing That's out. That's weird. Isn't it, though? Um, so, you know, this is a lovely way to have Taker sort of go, oh, hey, do you know what? Maybe these young stars, maybe they are all right after all, you yeah. know? So he, he He's not in any way damaged from this, but Jeff is elevated enormously. This has done wonders for both of them, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's fucking incredible. Honestly, brilliant match. I, I watched this one a couple of times when I was doing notes. I, I didn't make notes the first time because I wanted to watch it like clean and pure and just mm. soak it in, so to speak, because I knew it was good. I remember this one uh, from, like I say, from when I was young. I remember, I mean, they play clips of this in perpetuity. That, mm -hmm. as I say, the climb the ladder kid, make yourself famous is one of the most famous wrestling calls ever. We've heard that countless times over the years. This was on a Undertaker DVD. It was like a triple disc DVD. It was like Tombstone, mm. wherever it was. Oh, yeah. Um, and this match was on it. I think it was the first time I saw them, this match was on that DVD. And I was just like, wow! Because I knew Jeff wasn't going to win, even when I watched the DVD. But I was like, wow, this just fucking is so good. And I can't even at this point explain why it's so good. It's just something about this match is just great. And I... It, it's, it's just fucking perfect <laughs> I can't imagine it was intentional when they wrote the show but I can't help but feel there's kind of a thematic bookend here because mm. you have two very big monster guys Brock mm -hmm. Lesnar in the opener Undertaker in the main event 
against Ric Flair and Jeff Hardy, respectively. And in both of those matches, the story is neither of these guys should be able to overcome the other. Yes. And both times, you go, oh, but what if? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's oh, he nearly had... Because here's the funny thing. I was watching this, and I knew Jeff didn't win. Of mm-hmm. course Jeff doesn't win. I knew that. I know that Undertaker's holding the belt to, you know, the, to get us through the next month's worth storylines, pretty much. I know that for a fact. And yet when he had Taker on the outside and he started climbing that ladder... Oof. I started shaking a little bit, and I was I was almost getting a little bit emotional. I was like, "Fucking, hell, maybe I remembered wrong. Yeah. Maybe Jeff <laughs> did win the championship on this night. Perhaps I'm stupid. Can he do it? And to have a match that can not only make you suspend your disbelief, mm-hmm. but that can make you suspend your disbelief when you already know that he's not going to win. It's so that's well astonishing. Done. Yeah, and it's like, incredible. I don't, you know, there's lots of talk recently, last couple of years or so, about. Was Undertaker ever as good as WWE said he was? I don't think he was. But matches like this and the Hell in a Cell match and the first match of Kane, which even people say wasn't as good as at the time, but that whole story with Kane, there are so many key moments about Undertaker which make him uh, essential to this company. Yes, um, yes. So I do think some of his praise is justified. Um, I I I mean I I love Undertaker. Some of you guys may know I do actually have Undertaker's symbol tattooed on me. Mm-hmm. But I will be the first to admit Undertaker is not always the best performer no. throughout his career. There there have I mean I I think we've said it on on this podcast before. Undertaker is very much a roller coaster wrestler. He has mm-hmm. ups, he has downs. The downs are very, very bad, but the ups are incredible. And I'll be honest, like I, I love American Badass Taker. That's my favorite version of the character. Mm-hmm. But it's not my favorite period of Undertaker. And unfortunately, we're not going to quite get that just yet. But when he's like final boss Undertaker, Ugh. like the, the gatekeeper of the main event, if yeah. you beat him, you are a made man. Fuck me, he's so good at earning that run. It's very strange that they kept going back to maybe Undertaker versus another giant. It's like, it's never worked. (laughs) It's never worked. It doesn't work. Undertaker is the perfect sort of big guy versus little guy dude. He works so well with that particular dichotomy. You can't put him against another big guy. It doesn't. He's never had chemistry with anyone. Kane may be an exception. Like their matches mm. aren't fantastic, but they do they do gel together. I'm and sure, maybe I'm... he's worked well with Big Show a little bit, but again, Big Show's limited. I'm sure him and Big Show, him and Big Show, had like a surprisingly good run of matches at one point, and everyone was like, mm. "What?" Same with Big Pow, Show. Yeah, <laughs> Big Big Show and Mark Henry had did the same thing, and everyone was like, "What?" Yeah, where, where did that fucking come I, from? I think, I think Who's it, this guy? I, I think it was during Henry's Hall of Pain ish run. Where oh, su- suddenly, suddenly everything he was doing was great, even with Big Show and Taker, and everyone was just like, this shouldn't be happening. <laughs> where was this fella for the last 15 years? So it is weird. Taker's a weird one, because he is, like I said, he's so up and down, and when mm. he's down, it's just like, you, what are you doing, mate? But like here, just like almost out of nowhere on a random Raw, it's like, the fuck? <laughs> this is I perfect. Yeah, I don't think that it can be understated. Just... Uh, sorry, I don't think it'd be overstated, I should say. Mm. Just how much of this match was on Undertaker as well. Yeah. This wasn't this wasn't all Jeff. And it's it really would be stupid to say that it was. I say really Jeff didn't do 
much in terms of moves or anything. He just got he just beat, a lot beat, of this selling, yeah, yeah, beating up and selling his ass off and like sh- showing character he wasn't showing when he was zooming backstage like an idiot. Mm. Uh, honestly, if anything, a lot of the backstage segments ruined this match a little bit for me. Mm. Um, and they talked about, I said they hyped this match up a lot, but almost a bit too much for me. I was just like, okay. Um, which is, I don't know, maybe it's hindsight things, I already know what the result was, but like watching Jeff zoomy backstage and being cringe, I was like, I don't, I don't want to see Jeff now. <laughs> no, um, it might it might have honestly worked against him, to some, be honest, yeah. because Jeff is, I, he is pretty much a mid-card guy for most of the rest of uh, this entire period. Yeah, again, he just wasn't ready, and I'm, I'm glad they didn't then go give him the title soon, because he wasn't ready at all. He wasn't. Uh, no. it, both it, it both wasn't personally his, and professionally. Wasn't yeah, it wasn't his time. But he has his time and it's ni- it was nice for the fans. Even when you know, even when the biggest Jeff Hardy fans were like, oh, they're never gonna pull the trigger on him. Mm-hmm. But we had that one match. Yeah. And hey, we got there in the end. Like, <sighs> like I said, I'm not the biggest Jeff fan, but I'm I'm happy that he was able to pull it around and become a convincing main eventer. Because if they put the belt on him here, fucking hell, what would they do with him now? Yeah, they could probably just lose it next week, and it'd been it would have been fine, but it'd been like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but you know, Jeff, Jeff had his big run eventually, and he had a, he ran a whole company basically, like he was the figurehead of a company for a, a Absolutely. while. Absolutely, yeah. Then that went a little bit sour, but we don't talk about that. Well, that's unfortunately just the story of Jeff. I'm doing great. Oh, nope. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I was doing great. Now I'm not. But there's one thing off the back of this, though. Jeff has solidified the fact that he's always going to have the support of the fans. And I think this has sort of made a lot of people wake up and go, hey, do you know what? Jeff Hardy could be the guy one day. So, Matt Hardy, not so much, but. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Sour grapes, anyone? Yeah. Mm. Now, listen, hey, Matt Hardy's got his own cool shit coming up. Don't you worry about that. We got some good Matt Hardy stuff I am so excited for. Um, But that will be another tale for another time, ladies and gentlemen, because that was Monday Night Raw, July 1st, 2002. So, Eddie, Mm -hmm. uh, overall thoughts and what are your high points and low points of this show? Overall thoughts were the show was an absolute bloody blast. It went by so quickly... Mm. We had lots of really good story progression and story recaps just to help catch me up to speed, which was nice from an outside perspective. All the matches were pretty fun, even the JBL, uh, yeah, JBL Bradshaw one. It made yeah. it just made sense. Um, I thought it was odd Benoit coming back as a heel, and I wish Trish didn't ruin the Molly segment, but mm. that's you know that's fine. It, it 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 was for the time. I get it. Fine, whatever. My big pros are ladder match was great, and the post match shenanigans make it just a thousand times better. Mm-hmm. No question. Um, Booker T and Goldust are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, even like twenty years later, it's still really funny. Um, and Brock Lesnar, even at this time in his first year, is a terrifying monster. Oh god, yes. Cons are Trish ruining the Molly segment because pants are funny. Um, HBK's promo was so boring I didn't make any notes for it I just forgot to um, and Jeff Hyder getting the Zoomies backstage was cringe as fuck <laughs> what was he I, it's, it was oh Jeff come on I like to think uh, that he, he did that and then he just saw his name getting wiped off the board Undertaker <laughs> win <laughs> 
Uh, I am pretty well in agreement with you. Um, I thought this was a great show overall, like top to tail. There was very little fat on this one. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a single match I didn't enjoy. In fact, there wasn't a single match I didn't enjoy. Um, high point for me, it's obviously the main event. Yeah, it's so amazing. Um, the ultimate low point for me... I am still not loving the Trish and Molly feud. Um, like yeah. Mo- Molly's one of my all-time favourites, as I'm sure you guys have probably picked up on by now. <laughs> and I do like Trish. Yeah, Trish is I fun. genuinely like her, but she is being a fucker in this storyline. I don't care for it. She, like Molly is a bad guy. There's no question. She is the heel. That's mm-hmm. the point. She says she's lovely and wholesome and pure and sweet, and she's nasty. That's the point. You don't combat that by having your top baby face be a bully. It's so weird. It's also just um, so lame. Oh, here's your pants. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Jackie's acting, I thought, left a little bit to be desired, but I still thought Jackie and Molly had a great little fight, so yeah. honestly, even if that's the weakest segment of the show, you're doing alright. It was it was still a good show. There is nothing on here that I would actively say I didn't enjoy. This was a good rule, and as you said, it flew by. Yeah. I mean, it Especially now with the benefit of having this on the WWE Network, mm-hmm. you've got a 90-minute show, no ads. That is, oh, bellissimo, more it's please. so lovely. Um, yeah, with with Trish, I think again it didn't. The whole, that segment was great. She she ruined it at the end, but it was it was also the same thing of like, yeah, okay, but I still see where you're coming from in two thousand two. I just I don't like it, but at least it makes sense. Question mark. Mm. Like it makes sense that Trish is being haha embarrassed, Molly Holly, even though I don't like how she did it and. Don't think a face should do that, but you know, again, two thousand two. At least the women are doing something. Uh, well, that's fair. I guess. And the I would, brawl you know, was it would great. Be nice if, yeah, it would be nice if we could have had a proper actual women's match. But I assume they probably had one on Sunday night. In fact, I know they had one on Sunday night. Here, we'll get to that momentarily. <laughs> um, but yes, that that's Monday Night Raw for July the first, two thousand two. Uh, I think it's time to have a little, little wrap up there and. We'll look forward to what is coming in the next couple of episodes. Um, we have, the very same week as this, we have Sunday Night Heat, as alluded to, because we have a debut on Ooh. this episode of Heat. Can you imagine? We're getting the debut of another of my very favourite all-time women's wrestlers. Oh. It's only bloody Victoria. I... I'm so excited for this. <laughs> yes. Now, Victoria, in her initial gimmick, is one of my favourite wrestling gimmicks ever. What, the hoe? Okay, her second wrestling gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did forget that, admittedly. <laughs> but no, we are going to have so much good shit with Victoria coming up for the next several months' worth of content. There's some really good matches, and it is going to... Test Trisha's metal as the face of the division in a way that this underpants storyline is not. <laughs> but after that, uh, on the 8th of July 2002, we had another episode of Monday Night Raw, because that's what happens when you have a weekly television show. <laughs> um, sure is. Now, as, as stated, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the main event of tonight's show is a legendary encounter. Oh, for fuck's like, sake. I couldn't even tell you what the main event of 
the following week's show is, but there's another legendary encounter on that <sighs> show. And Eddie, you're back on for that one. I that am. was the first show you volunteered for, you lunatic. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, folks, we are drawing near to the time when we are going to have to discuss one of the most infamous matches in wrestling history, a match known only as that Jackie Gator match. I forgot I volunteered. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you worry. You can have a little palate cleanser. You can look forward to uh, Victoria showing up. We have... Let's have a look on the schedule here. We have two other debuts coming up this month. Jesus Christ. We have an exciting return as well. We have... Uh, Championship unification match coming up. Ooh, is that European Intercontinental? It is, and we That's a have... banging match, that is. Oh, yes. And we have Vengeance as well. So this is a good <laughs> fucking month. 2002, good year for the company. I don't care what people say, I know money was down, but bloody hell, they were firing the all cylinders in the summer. If no one's volunteered for Vengeance, I would love to put my name forward to Vengeance, because that is my favourite triple that match ever made. Well, lucky you, Eddie. Nobody's put their name forward, so I guess you're back on for that one as well. Yes! <laughs> it's the summer of O'Keefe. It is. <laughs> it is also October. <laughs> it is. We're on, we're on a budget stage. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. So, folks, that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with the show, you can do so by dropping a tweet. You can contact me at LT Dangerous. You can contact the show via at RA Relived. Or if you'd like to go a little bit more long form, you can drop an email, LTRuthlessAggression at gmail.com. But, Eddie. Hello. Where can our lovely listeners find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SitCandEddie. You can also follow my comedy D&D-like podcast, Budgeons and Dragons, at Budgeons and Dragons on Twitter. Budgeons and Dragons is a unfair actual play comedy D&D podcast with a very simple goal of go to the Budgeons and buy Mother a scratch card and try not to die. The game is <laughs> extremely unfair because I tried to kill everyone as quick as possible. LT's been on it a bunch of times. We recently recorded it's a, uh, an episode full of indie wrestlers, which was an absolute bloody blast. That'll be out in about eight months. <laughs> because we, I wish I had an eight-month backlog. Fuck me. We have a lot of big backlog. It's a very, very stupid, silly comedy show. Uh, heavily edited with sound effects and music to make it feel immersive uh, and feel like a radio drama almost. Um, we've had people like Kevin Mahan and Joe Graham and Adam Bibolo and Billy Keeble on the show. We had a full Agilera podcast, How to Wrestling, Full House. Um, mm. LT's becoming a little bit regular, which is very nice. Yeah, that's weird. You keep having me back for some reason. I don't know why you very, would do that. Because you're very funny. Well, it you're is extremely kind. It's a, it's a, I it's just a very stupid show. It's and sincerely, and I'm not saying this just to fluff you up because you're here, it is one of the highlights of my week when a new episode drops because oh. I know I'm going to get a good 90 to 120 minutes of big <laughs> belly laughs ache in the gut. It's so fucking funny, guys. And the thing is as well, and I'll, I'll say this on an 80s behalf, you can hop in pretty well anywhere. Mm -hmm. You can pick and choose. You can start episode one. You can jump in pretty much anywhere you like. There, there's no penalty. But it works on like a time loop, uh, Groundhog Day kind of basis, so you can jump in at any point with like sub storylines branching through some episodes, but hmm. they they don't really matter. Um, 
it's hard to describe because it's so simple but so stupid how how silly the show is but we had a we have a okay i'll just say we have a character who's called thomas that's haunted by the ghost of ringo star who isn't dead like fuck it who cares <laughs> it's 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 not it's D, but not D. there's no shit maths there's no fantasy setting it's all based in a real place in Oxfordshire. it's it's stupid <laughs> it is a stupid well, show that that's the beauty of it as well that you can be any character you like on it you can be you can be Thomas haunted by Ringo Starr. You could be the uh, sleep paralysis demon known only as Mister Pierce. <laughs> you you could be uh, you could be a Jerry Anderson puppet with a telly cable for a head called Captain Scartlead. That was yeah. one of mine. You know, you know what? There's, also, there's no limits. Not just silly. Someone just played a cat called Sweet Potato. Fine, just be a cat. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Do whatever you yeah. want. Oh, you you've had Super Mario. You've had yeah. Super Mario played by Chris Pratt. <laughs> you've had. <laughs> Godzilla, uh, three or four versions of Spider-Man, Godzilla, the Hamburglar, but a dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a whole other joke that we have to get into another time. Oh god, it's a stupid show. Please listen to it. I, 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 all I so want is funny. more ears on the podcast because it, it takes a lot of work to make, and it is my favorite thing I've ever done in my life. And I, I thought it sounded like I'm begging, and I am. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's it's my favorite thing in the world to do, and I would just love more ears on the podcast. Well, we'll play the trailer at some point during this episode as well, and obviously we'll be uh, linking when the show goes up. I've got a little task for you! Oh, oh fuck's sake! What have I done? I could sweat myself into the kettle! Thanks, Jesus, spicy. Ah, I've printed out some pamphlets! Joy to the world! Please stop trying to kill Mother! It's my wedding day! Well, let me tell you something, Mother! <laughs> My name is Hamburger. I have a gun. So do please check out Budgeons and Dragons. And of course, do please check out our other episodes. If you haven't done so already, you can find them wherever you got this one. Of course, I'm not going to tell you how to download a podcast. I'm not that patronizing. I will. Go to Apple and then hit the subscribe button. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, admittedly, if you want to subscribe, if you want to leave us a little five-star review, that would help us climb the old algorithm and uh, make ourselves famous. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, until next time, when we're going to be visiting Sunday Night Heat and checking out the debut of Victoria, I've been LT Fletcher, and I want to thank you all so very much for listening, and I want to thank you, Eddie, for coming on. It's been a pleasure, as always, mate. Oh, I always love coming here. It's my fa- I get to talk about wrestling, finally, on a podcast. This is my favourite thing in the world. What more could we want? And if you could only want the same thing, then uh, join us next time. See you then. Bye. Bye.